0: wiki wiki wah
1: wiki wiki recording
0: wiki means something different in the uh, ensuing 20 years since this film's release wiki now means something different
1: does it what does it mean
0: yeah it's a a wiki you know like a fan wiki oh okay whereas in 1990 if you said wiki people would punch you because it would remind them of this movie
1: oh Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective. Uh, we're doing a, a little mini-series leading into the, the uh, broader returning retrospective after the Avatar stuff. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me is my co-host, Matt Garingo. That's me. Matt, you, you had a title for this this mini-series that we're doing.
0: Um, I thought we would call it failed blockbusters.
1: <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw you in the deep end because that kind of feels like a, like a, almost like a harsh title, but not an untrue title. Yeah. And I, I think that is uh, that that's very true of the reception to all of the films we're going to talk about. Really, really, just three. Really, just three. But um, we're opening with a big one today.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the key thing with all of these movies is that someone somewhere at some point was like. We're going to make so much fucking money <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> Someone believed in all these movies enough that they would be, like, massive hits, and then none of them were. And that's fascinating when you look at the final product.
1: Yeah, and today the, the final product is Barry Sonnenfeld's Wild Wild West. <laughs> I'll put the little trailer and everything, but... um, yeah. Matt... Did you watch this movie as a child?
0: I watched this movie a lot as a child. <laughs> um, in fact, I- I'm wondering, I maybe saw it in theaters. Uh, because I was, when I, as a kid, I was a huge Men in Black fan. And this movie was definitely positioned as the next Men in Black. <laughs> um, which it very much wasn't, but as a kid, I liked it, you know? giant spider what the fuck but uh it's one of those movies where like as you get older you start thinking about it (laughs) and then you don't watch it for a long time and then you go back to watch it and then you're like what the fuck was that
1: i remember snippets of watching this i definitely didn't watch it in theaters i was also a big men in black fan and um my parents and some relatives uh, would have like movie nights, They'd get all the cousins together and stuff like that. Not like regularly, but you know, some, that's how I saw like the Lost World Jurassic Park for the first time and stuff like that, mm. right? On on a VHS rental. And I remember because I like we we all like Men in Black. Um, I was really excited when I saw bits of like, oh Will Smith in a, a cowboy outfit. What's that? You know, I'm little. I don't know what the fuck is happening. But I got excited, and then I just remember not really paying attention. But I do remember that when I was like, oh, I did want to see that again. No one in my family would let me watch it again because no one wanted to watch it (laughs) with me. So that left a mark, you know, like uh, in terms of like reception to this film. So I never had like a soft spot for it. Having said that, revisiting it now... I still don't have a soft spot for it, <laughs> but I am glad it exists. Right. I will never watch it again, but I'm glad it exists.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be the main debate tonight, is if I am glad it exists. <laughs> um, because I don't know. <laughs> Genuinely one of the stranger blockbusters to ever be made. And I don't think people understand that. Like, it's not. It, does, it has all the failings... Of a typical failed blockbuster, but also just some wild elements.
1: There's these weird little kernels nestled away into what is otherwise like a pretty generic like Men in Black ripoff made by the people that made Men in Black. It's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, like I said. Uh he's come up before uh, uh a little bit, I think. Um because of his ties sure. with the Cohen brothers.
0: Yeah, and he, uh, uh, I
1: think we we brought him up like in the Spider Man stuff because of Sam Raimi, the Raimi yeah, connection Sam, there. Yeah,
0: Sam Raimi connection. He's uh, did the Adams Family movies, which have co- had like a weird cultural resurgence. Um, people love those Adams Family movies now, <laughs> um, which I like those. I like those movies. I would say it's it's a little telling that those are probably the Adams Family movies until Men in Black were some of his bigger movies. The biggest failing of those movies are the script. <laughs> Which don't, none of those scripts make any sense. And then he does, like, Get Shorty, which is one of those weird, like, post-Pulp Fiction Travolta movies. It's like, oh, it's about people who kill each other, but it's also funny. It's Elmore Leonard, like, what the fuck. And then, in 1997, out of fucking nowhere, Barry Sonnenfeld, the former cinematographer for the Coen Brothers, (laughs) does Men in Black, which is, like, one of the biggest movies of the year. <laughs> Doesn't start Will Smith on his blockbuster career, that's Independence Day, but it firmly cements it as Will Smith is going to be around. And uh, if if I had to point to a, a blockbuster film to be like, here's how to do a blockbuster well, I, Men in Black is one of those movies that would come up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about Men in Black.
1: <laughs> no, I I, I, lo- I love Men in Black. Um, I still think it's a great film, especially for a blockbuster. I will, I will go to the mat, uh, for Independence Day and Bad Boys, kind of solidifying that Will Smith is like a superstar. Yeah. I, I I think, um, Men in Black is just like the height of his power, though. You know what I mean, like. I think he gets a character to play with there that helps a lot, too. Like, as an actor, he actually gets to give a performance, not just, like, a movie star performance. I think what I'm
0: saying is that, like, after Men in Black, Will Smith is never going away. Like, he's yeah. not, yeah. okay. not going to be a Steve Gutenberg where no one remembers him.
1: <laughs> hey, he had a stint on Veronica Mars.
0: Yeah, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we I mean, forget Steve Gutenberg was one of the biggest box office draws of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then no one remembers him, and there's no, like, clamoring for people being like, when's Steve Gutenberg coming back? <laughs> and people develop those weird cult followings. Uh, fucking Charles Grodin, who just passed away recently, who was, like, 86. There was even, like, talk of him being like, well, when is Charles Grodin going to do something? And it was like, he's 86. And Will Smith will be someone where, I can't think of the last Will Smith movie I really enjoyed. <laughs> you know?
1: Bad Boys for Life.
0: Um, I guess you have that. I have not seen Bad Boys for Life, so I, I don't know if you'd like it. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> um, I need to rewatch the other Bad Boys. Um, but it's like if I'm thinking, it's like when was the last one I really enjoyed where he was the lead? And you're going back. I'm like looking at his filmography right now, and it's like no. Like. <laughs> Hancock and I Am Legend are both, like, deeply flawed movies, you know? Where, like, they all yeah. kind of have something to them, but, like, don't really work.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh,
0: I, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, um, which I saw and I just don't remember any of it, you know? hmm Um, uh, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, then you get Hitch, which feels like a weird, which is a weird movie to revisit <laughs> in the present day where it's a movie about a pickup artist and it's like oh the way to get the women is to initially lie to them <laughs> yeah um fucking shark tail which i saw in theaters which is like was like the gold standard of bad dreamworks movie for a long time <laughs> fucking irobot remember irobot i
1: like irobot i do not care for irobot <laughs> And I, think, I am an Alex Proyas truther.
0: I I mean he's solid in, except when he's bad. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> um, that movie it's got its moments. I like all the stuff with the robot. I do not like Will Smith in that movie. I guess is where like it comes down to. And it's like it's like uh, like fucking. It really looks like for maybe if I revisit Bad Boys Two and like it, that means the last Will Smith movie I would enjoy was like two thousand three. <laughs> No. and if not well, here, here's
1: not, not to spend time on bad boys 2 but if if you approach it with the same mentality that we approach sabotage mm-hmm. i i think you'll like that's it. what i'm
0: kind of expecting i just haven't bothered to revisit it yeah like, yeah, one of these will. yeah but if if we don't include bad boys 2 which i just barely remember the last will smith movie i like is ali from 2001 20 but, i mean
1: hey that's a good one it's a
0: good one it's 20 years ago <laughs>
1: Wow! Yeah. Holy fuck.
0: And it's, like, that's that was the last time I really gave a shit about a Will Smith movie. And I think a problem is, when I'm looking at his later movies, the characters he seems to keep playing are, like, hardened badasses who, like, have no humanity to them. <laughs> or, like, people who are, like, duplicitous you know like people who are lying and are caught in some sort of lie and i don't like either version of that will smith
1: well there's a third one which kind of teeters between the two sometimes where he's trying to go for like the prestige role oh yes like yeah that's that's definitely in there too where he's kind and of a jesus figure in a lot of them <laughs> like or something he like sacrifices that yeah. what's that himself? collateral damage collateral beauty in that film um collateral beauty. no no he's in two films called collateral something well collateral there's collateral beauty and then there's collateral damage collateral
0: damage is an arnold schwarzenegger
1: film what the fuck what's the what's the one where he's like the football psychiatrist or something it's called concussion concussion wow remember he played the devil
0: in Luci in winter's tale <laughs> oh boy do i find another way no! which is another one of those movies where it was like it was based on like a novel from like the eighties and it was clearly like someone, they spent like 30 years trying to get it made <laughs> and it just didn't happen. And, Oh, you know what the other one he did that was kind of in the, uh, collateral beauty arena is that seven pounds. Remember seven? Pounds? I never saw that. That's the one where, uh, I believe the seven pounds are like seven organs. He gives up because of till like people's lives he ruined or something like that
1: oh yeah I yeah i heard about that, that film mm-hmm. um, and then sp- it's like really weird
0: and sprinkled throughout there are stuff like the men in black sequels which i don't like at all like bright <laughs> suicide squad which was a hit even if it was like maybe the worst movie
1: of that year <laughs> It, it might be the worst movie, just, like, period. But, I mean, a big part of why that one was a hit, apart from, like, the trailers winning people over, like, regardless of what we thought about some of them, yeah. like, that's why, right? But also, Will Smith back in an action role. Mm. You know, like, that's what people really want to see. He's... He's a movie star. He's one of the last ones. And it's like fun to go see movie stars sometimes, you know? Sometimes that's all you need. And that's why Bad Boys for Life was a hit.
0: Yeah. And Suicide Squad had this weird thing where it felt like a return to kind of old Hollywood where Suicide Squad was like already in pre production and it was getting like fast tracked. And then it was like, it's going to, the two leads are going to be Will Smith and Marco Robbie. So let's get them in another movie. (laughs) That we just quickly released right before that. And then they remember they did that movie Focus. Oh yeah. No I don't remember it at all. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was one of those it's like a heist film or something. Like they're con artists or some shit. <laughs> and yeah, it's one of those weird like So I don't it's so strange. And then like in the middle of all this he's got like Aladdin, which uh was a hit <laughs> And I, I,
1: think, I, I'm sorry, I'm not watching that. Yeah. I can't do it. i
0: well, I'd made a billion dollars, I'll have everyone now. Um, that's definitely a pre-2020 film. <laughs> hmm And then he also did Gemini Man, which was, like, I believe, didn't Gemini Man
1: flop? Like, that, that wasn't. G- Gemini Man was a, was a pretty hard flop. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it, so.
0: Yeah, I have no strong opinions on, uh, Ang Lee, so... We'll see. I gotta rewatch a lot. I gotta watch Ang Lee films before I can form an opinion. Oh, and Spies in Disguise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the last Blue Sky Studios picture. Is Blue Sky shut down or do they just get folded? Like, are they just now under Disney?
1: They they got folded, I guess. Shut oh, okay. down, folded, whatever. It's like the, you won't see Blue Sky banners anywhere in the okay. Disney offices, you know what I mean?
0: Okay. Oh, what a loss. Yeah. I mean look, it,
1: it it they they had a track record. <laughs> That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like it's good to see other uh studios out there making things, you know. <laughs> like Yeah,
1: no need to sugarcoat it <laughs> mm-hmm. about the quality I'm just yeah.
0: saying. <laughs> they they did that Peanuts movie which I remember liking.
1: Oh, and I, I never saw it. Oh, you know what? I I'll always have a soft spot for the first Ice Age.
0: Yeah. I had not seen that since childhood, so like I couldn't tell you. I remember seeing Robots and being very disappointed. Aww. <laughs> Even as a child, it was like this movie sucks. That's <laughs> probably the only kid that saw that movie because I saw Mel Brooks was in it.
1: <laughs> well, that movie became like a cult, like classic at this point now. Yeah, but like all now an- people like it. I haven't visited all
0: it, animated films become cult classics. Like there's a kinda, weird yeah. there's a weird subculture of people that like they only watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. And they, they so like all of them kinda have some standing. What was I watching? I watched a clip from something the other day. It was animated, and it's one of those things where like if you talk to anyone, it's like, oh, that's a universally despised animated film <laughs> And I watched the clip from it on YouTube and the top comment was like, This is a wildly underrated movie <laughs> and it's like wow you know there's, people will defend anything
1: no that's true you know what um uh, my first like instance running into that was on tumblr because we always talk about tumblr now mm-hmm. but i was like shitting on brother bear because it's like no one likes brother Bear, yeah, no unless you saw it as a kid right mm-hmm. and even i didn't like it as a kid <laughs> and i was just like oh yeah like worth worthless film whatever like really snobby bullshit and then someone who posted the original like thread on Brother Bear. I was like, actually this is my favorite film of all time and I have a really close connection to it because my brother committed suicide. Like it was like (laughs) I I I had (laughs) that's not
0: funny, but
1: (laughs) No 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 but it was like
0: quintessential. (laughs) tumblr (laughs)
1: yeah and i was just like whoa
0: how dare i tapped into something there of brother bear my brother committed suicide (laughs) like that was the tumblr days man
1: (laughs) yeah and so ever since then i was like oh yeah people people have a connection to these things don't know how healthy it is to like attack strangers on the internet Mm. but (laughs) it must be weird because
0: like you know like whatever is like those animated films that you will stand by where like you can ultimately be like it's not a good movie, but like it holds a place in my heart for whatever reason. It's I it has to be weird to be that age where it's like Brother Bear to like meet the Robinsons was like your coming of age, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a weird Disney era.
1: Like, I feel kinda lucky and it, like obviously whatever, it's all subjective, but like our generation kind of that was the age where we were kind of moving on from cartoons, and we're like, "No, I'm gonna watch real yeah, mature yeah. stuff now," you know. And so we kind of skipped that. But yeah, that's that's a curious time mm. for animation. Well,
0: it's like all the weird people that are like legit nostalgic for Shrek, you know. Like, I that it, I I saw Shrek as a child, and I don't really feel nostalgia for it. Like Shrek, <laughs> it wasn't like I saw Shrek and was like, I need to get a plush Shrek and I need a Shrek poster. And I need the go gurt that is green like Shrek or something like.
1: I did. I did try the uh, the the Shrek ketchup mm. one time. Oh yeah, yeah, Weird. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, no, but you know what? Sh- Shrek is kind of like Saw, the Saw franchise. <laughs> Whoa! All right, <laughs> that's uh, no, no. no. I, no all right, it's like, I grant you. Your can, you can debate the. <laughs> you can debate the individual quality of whatever, right? But it is like cinematic canon you know like it yeah. is something we wholly no, accept shrek as like a part of one culture. of the most
0: important films of the 21st century
1: yeah yeah that's the point i was making Though <laughs> <Yeah.
0: not laughs> no, shrek is like is massively important and it, it pains me to say that how important shrek is but it's true it's
1: in the library of congress as one of the most important films yeah. and ever made it
0: totally deserves that spot and it's
1: like yeah it's, that's awful a movie made <laughs> a, a
0: movie made on pure spite, like. Sh- I'm sorry, Shrek is one of those the most hateful films ever made. Like, it's it's pure anger, and I feel like it's getting another resurgence because it's such a like, anti Disney film. You know, like, and everyone hates Disney right now, which is like right the right feeling to have. I'm not trying. I'm not here to defend Disney. But it's, like, all the bullshit reasons to hate Disney, you know? Where, like, you're like, did you know that, like, The Little Mermaid in the real story, she dies at the end? You know, like, people who are like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's like,
0: that's not the problem with Disney. The problem is that they own everything. (laughs) Yeah.
1: and And that's why shrek 2 is a masterpiece i like the first shrek for the record i i am much more positive on the first shrek i think shrek 2 is is the far superior i think shrek
0: 2 is great and shrek 2 is also just kind of like why don't we just do meet the parents but it's with an ogre
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's fantastic yeah
0: and yeah and the I, i gotta say like there's such a step up from Shrek One to Shrek Two. This is not the Shrek episode, but I just to... no, no. It's like the comedy timing in Shrek Two is so much better than it is in the first one. I I'll rewatch the uh, the dinner table scene occasionally from Shrek Two because it's just genuinely funny, <laughs> where they're just smashing food to be to like assert their dominance. It's like a weird like male ego scene. Like, I always find that kind of stuff funny. Oh,
1: okay, so you loved the male ego stuff in Wild Wild West. Oh,
0: boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I like dissecting it. I guess I'll say that.
1: It is some of the most vile, weird, perverted stuff i've seen in like a, a mainstream blockbuster because it's not even a mainstream blockbuster it's just kind of a it was a pos- flop blockbuster. it
0: was built to be a mainstream blockbuster which is crazy
1: <laughs> yeah because i mean like look i i think we can both say this is a terrible film this is an awful <laughs> yeah, film is a bad, right this is a bad it's a bad movie. film but like there's all this weird ingenuity and like the production it's like got this steampunk vibe and like i i don't i'm not that familiar with the show but i'm sure that some of that was carried over it was more like
0: what was it's like early early steampunk it's kind of like james bond in the old west
1: yeah and that's like a fun idea Mm -hmm. that's i i think that's a great idea i would like someone to take another crack at this uh no one ever will no
0: No and that's the
1: thing yeah never again because of this movie
0: yeah and well it's the thing of like Hollywood learns all the wrong lessons. Where it's like they walked away from this. This is a movie where you can tell it was like they didn't think about the script. They didn't really plan things out. They don't know who these characters are. They, they got this package where it's like Barry Sonnenfeld and Will Smith again. Let's just insert, like, Men in Black into this. We don't really know why Men in Black worked either. Like, that's the other thing. They clearly didn't understand what went right with men in black to make it go right again in wild wild west and hollywood still makes movies like this but the lesson they learned was like don't make west big budget westerns don't make steampunk films and then you cut to like 10 years later like almost 15 we do like the lone ranger remember Mm-hmm. Which is like, there's a lot of flaws in that movie too. And the lesson again there is, don't make a big budget western.
1: <laughs> Instead of like, make sure you have a movie ready to go. Yeah, like, like that's literally it. That's it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Hollywood's gotten worse at learning that I lesson. Know,
0: it's, it's again, ho- like I said, Hollywood learns all the wrong lessons. Where it's like, as excited as I am for what feels like a wave finally breaking on the Marvel films, you know. At least I'm hoping Mm -hmm. we haven't been able to test it yet because Black Widow hasn't come out. And like I said, the fact that, like, Venom, which whatever you want to say about Venom, but, like, everyone saw those previews and was like, fuck this movie. And that movie, like, made up $800 million, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's made me, like, not, like, believe the superhero thing is ever gonna crack. But a global pandemic might have finally done it. And... But it's one of those things where like, once the wave breaks, it's like Hollywood's going to learn all the wrong lessons, you know? Mm-hmm. Where I feel like it's going to be a thing where it's like, like the next three Marvel films are Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and The Eternals. And it's it's going to be something where it's like, don't do another movie with a primary woman lead. <laughs> don't do a movie with a Chinese lead. Don't do a movie that is like... A little headier, and like headier by Marvel standards, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Like um, we're grading on the Marvel curve, and it's. I feel like those will be the lessons if these three films flop. Instead of stop
1: everything. <laughs> but speaking of people that maybe don't learn from their past mistakes, let's take a look at Barry Stannenfeldt's filmography. Mm-hmm. All right, so you mentioned the Adams Family. Adams Family Values, for love or money. I haven't seen that one. Are you familiar with that one?
0: I haven't seen that one either.
1: Okay, Get Shorty, Men in Black, which is the high point. Yes. Uh, Wild 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 West. West, And then he
0: never makes a good movie ever again. Like, after Uh, that... You don't like RV? (laughs) I I do not like RV. (laughs) Um, RV is not good. Um, I remember that being advertised a lot.
1: (laughs) I do too. I mean, God bless Robin Williams. I miss him every day. Uh, That dude does not have a lot of good movies in his filmography, Mm -hmm. but he was fantastic. And if you're ever interested in watching all of his films... Maybe skip RV. <laughs>
0: you just look up a best of list. Cause like there's enough yeah. there for you to work with. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah. Yeah. Robin Williams, a treasure. Mm-hmm. Watch other Robin Williams stuff. Yeah. Um, I have a soft spot for men in black three. I don't think it, it's really great. I don't, I don't even think it's very good. I, I just, yeah. Um...
0: I don't know, man. It's one of those. No, no, no.
1: I, I know a lot of people don't like it. I, I ended up watching it like I think last year, the year before. And I was like, yeah, it's just fine. I think it's a it, step it's, it's... up
0: from two. I'll, I'll say. Yeah, oh. it, it's
1: just, um, I could tell they cared, and mm-hmm. I'm probably too soft in it, but I was like, ah, eh, whatever, it worked on me. I'm, I'm never interested in watching it again, Didn't um, Shane and then Nine Black, Lives. Shane
0: Black almost did Men in Black 3 at a certain point? Real? Yeah. Fuck
1: Men in Black 3. <laughs> Fuck Men in Black <laughs> yeah, 3. I, 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 I never mind. Well, Men
0: in Black 3 is also, like, this interesting film where, if I remember correctly, they started <laughs> filming it, and then... Will Smith was like, I don't think this movie's working. Like they were halfway through filming it. Let's stop production and rewrite the whole movie. <laughs> and they did that, and that kind of was what ended up like saving that movie. But it like it was it ended up making the movie like over two hundred million
1: dollars to make. Yeah, I remember it has like an insane budget and you watch it and you're like, it doesn't look that expensive. Yeah.
0: And also, I think that's the reason why it was kind of like, let's reboot it next time, which was then Men in Black International, which is a movie no one remembers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that movie gets fucked in production. So, like, that yeah. one, there's a lot of blame to go around. I feel bad for the people that worked on that. Um, but Men in Black 3 was a hit. Yeah. And that that's obviously how Barry Thornfeld got the, got the production pull to make Nine Lives with <laughs> Kevin Spacey.
0: Yeah. Or as it's known in Australia mr fuzzy pants
1: is that real that's what
0: the wikipedia says
1: <laughs> oh wow and also
0: um, produced uh a movie that was produced by uh, everyone's favorite uh <laughs> sex pervert luke Bassan.
1: <laughs> no what did he <laughs> it, what europa
0: Corps, like that that's his company
1: oh okay that they pr- they uh produced nine lives
0: yeah it was one of those things where, like, Luke Besson, like, right around the time he was doing, uh, what's that movie, uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets or whatever?
1: Valerian, Larry.
0: <laughs> what did I say? I, I... Well, I thought you
1: said Larry. Oh,
0: no, I said Valerian. Larry <laughs> Valerian. <laughs>
1: Valerian, the Valerian City, of <laughs> City of a <laughs> Thousand Planets. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope
0: whatever mistake that is, uh stays in the audio but uh
1: oh no that's staying in there but, yeah but
0: like he had he had like on he had found some way through like a bunch of tax loopholes and he was basically giving interviews where he's like these movies can cost x amount of dollars but as long as it makes like 30 million i'll break even on everything you know
1: yeah i remember that too and
0: everyone was like he's found a new way to make films this is gonna revolutionize hollywood and then uh, we found out more about Luprasan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's like okay, well, even if that was a viable option and not just like legally questionable, yeah. um, now he is legally questionable. <laughs> so and then it's one of those, him,
0: and that's also one of those poor ones where once you find out about Luke Bassan, you're like, oh, that explains a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, you know, not <laughs> never gonna watch uh, Fifth Element the same way again. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. is a, which is a shame but uh mm-hmm. yeah, nine lives also starring kevin spacey we, we kind of brushed over that oh yeah um, another hollywood sex pervert
1: isn't it crazy how all these people who are supposed to testify against him end up dead a day before the trial
0: that is strange
1: and also a day after he uploads a video telling people to kill them with kindness
0: that this is all real yeah there's a lot there's a lot surrounding uh Kevin Spacey he has um some interesting friends who have friends with a lot of other interesting people
1: wild wild west is there some
0: big trouble Barry Sonnenfeld's follow up to this
1: no is it good
0: no it's a comedy film about terrorism and it was supposed to be released in 2001 oh no! and it was one of those where like they had to do like massive reshoots on it
1: I can't imagine why.
0: Big Trouble was originally scheduled to release September 21st, 2001, and had oh. strong advertising push. Oh, oh
1: no. Yeah. Oh, did you know Saw, the original Saw, takes place the day before 9 11? I saw that. What is
0: that about?
1: <laughs> That's real, apparently.
0: <laughs> but what? why was that choice made? <laughs>
1: Uh, probably because like James Wan and, and Lee Winnell like probably wrote it like the day before 9-11 or like they planned to shoot it then. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Because they had that, that raises... short
1: and then they made this short and then the short sold and then that's how they made Saw. Launched well, their that's careers.
0: like uh, the ending of Animal House takes place the day before the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I'm not making that up. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know they draw specific attention to that (laughs) like the date keeps getting brought up and it's the day before the kennedy assassination and i think it's trying to be something about like death of innocence i guess you know (laughs) maybe yeah i'm not not entirely sure but
1: speaking of the death of innocence let's start talking about wild wild west some more
0: yeah uh we want to talk you you said you had some production history i guess
1: Oh yeah, just just some like brief stuff. You could you can glance quicker stuff uh, on the Wikipedia, but just so everyone knows, uh, the film was basically in development hell for like uh, almost a decade. Like it, it took like the entirety of the nineties yeah. to get this this film made, uh, adapted from the original Wild West Wild Wild West television show. Uh, Richard Donner was going to do it originally with the screenplay by Shane Black. Mel Gibson was going to star as Jim West, which is. Well... <laughs> I,
0: I mean, it's 90s Mel Gibson.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's only funny in hindsight. Yeah. At the time, I bet it was an exciting choice. It's
0: when Mel Gibson, like, played crazy people, and you're like, that's great. And the
1: cameras turn off, and you realize, oh, that's just him. Yeah. Um, oh, Donner also had directed on the original series, which is kind of a fun, like... Oh, yeah, because he's a um, real old guy. <laughs> yeah, because he, he still says he's doing the fifth lethal weapon. Um, that movie's not I love not Richard happening. Donner films, but buddy
0: (laughs) that's not it's not happening
1: he's like 89 years old
0: (laughs) yeah richard donner has like one of the most interesting filmographies of like any guy out there honestly yeah and he's all over the map in terms of what movies he does
1: yeah i I even like his last film 16 blocks i think it's a solid i
0: I have not seen it since it came out but i remember liking it um yeah they were gonna do it and then they went off and they just made maverick instead
1: I haven't seen Maverick though
0: um, Is it's just it good? it's basically just uh it's a western based on a TV show you know mm, mm-hmm. like it does not have the uh the uh steampunk element but it has like the comedy western element oh,
1: gotcha um cruz Tom Cruise was also uh lined up to to star in this mm-hmm. adaptation after those two had left to do Maverick. Uh, and then he would go off to do Mission Impossible instead, which is probably yeah. the better choice for him. Um, I don't. What was, what was happening in the '90s that got everyone interested in adapting old TV shows?
0: Um, early nostalgia wave of being like, people remember these things, and I think it's like like the Flintstones movie, which like Spielberg produced in like a big way, like where he was like, we are doing the Flintstones and we are doing it live action, you know. Mm-hmm. And that movie made a fortune. And then, like, The Adams Family was, like, an unexpected hit, to bring it back to Barry Sonnenfeld. Like, that's a movie where, like, I think they fired the director, like, very early in the production, and Barry Sonnenfeld was, like, a last-minute guy to do it. Good lord. And that, that is a movie that feels, like, very, like, pasted together, but it was, it was a big hit. You had the Brady Bunch movie, like, just before then, and... It's that weird thing of, like, reruns are starting to become more popular, so, like, the younger generation knows of some of these shows that the older generation grew up on. I think it's part of the reason why, like, you started seeing stuff like Dudley Do-Right. There's, like, a Dudley Do-Right movie. And as a child, I knew who Dudley Do-Right was, even though that's a cartoon from, like, the 70s. (laughs) And, like, same with, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle and shit like that. Like, that's a little later, but that's the direction it's heading. I think it's, like, Josie and the Pussycats is what
1: kills it. Which is too bad, because that's the best one.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a masterpiece, and it, like, bombs so hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, Warner Brothers also wanted George Clooney to star as Artemis Gordon, who would end up being choice. played by Kevin Kline. Um, I don't know
0: if Clooney could have pulled that off unless this was, like, a Coen Brothers film.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because, like, this is a weird, like, setup for this. Because in Men in Black... Will Smith isn't the straight man. And here he kind of has to play the straight man to Klein. Who's like, yeah. uh, uh, he's a goofball, but he's not winking at the camera. There's only like little moments, but it's not in his character. Well, I was going to say it's not in his character, but none of these people have character really. Yeah. So
0: that will be a problem. I guess what you're seeing is they're just like, get, let's see what actors we can get attached to this. And then
1: they're like, do you have a script? And they're like, what? <laughs> and to be fair, you know, you, you start off with Shane Black, Dude can write. You got oh, to, yeah. you, you know. And then after that, yeah, you're right. It's just but like it, the kind of spinning the wheel of fortune here.
0: It's putting the cart before the horse, shit. You know, like yeah, yeah. Because those they are go.
1: three very different actors between Mel Gibson, Tom Cruise, and and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they they had these people lined up: Matthew McConaughey and Johnny Depp. So, like, yeah, the, these people were just trying everything. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, ended up not working. Uh Oh, well, well, Clooney, Clooney really quick, just, um, he stepped aside for Sonnenfeld, apparently, mm. which is, I mean, he seems like a guy who doesn't have too much of an ego, which is nice.
0: Yeah, well, this also, Clooney was, like, they were trying to make Clooney a leading man, and, like, when is Batman? Like, Batman is...
1: Two years before this?
0: Yeah, and so, like, I, you can tell, like, they're trying to make him a leading man, and it's not until, like, Oceans, where it's like, alright, now George Clooney's a big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, there's also, it says on the Wikipedia page that he dropped out of Jack Frost to do Wild Wild West, which is a weird movie where, like, if you watch that movie, it's about a, a snowman <laughs> that's alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the snowman so clearly has George Clooney's face, but they got Michael Keaton instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, very uh, strange. Just, like, a weird look in the, how Hollywood used to work. Um. Also, this is a movie with six credited writers. <laughs> and I know that there are many others who are uncredited.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of weird WGA rules. Did you
0: see uh, who were, like, the original screenwriters? S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, who uh, did are famous for Short Circuit, but also the Tremors films. Oh,
1: I like most of the Tremors films.
0: Yeah, I think they did, like, one through four. Like, I think that's all them.
1: Oh, okay, I like the first two.
0: Yeah, and according to them, they uh, sued to try to have their names taken off, because nothing they wrote really survived. Oh. Like, they they were very (laughs) adamant that they did not have the idea for the giant mechanical spider.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, we all know now who's responsible for that.
0: Yes, which, Um, that'll come up
1: eventually. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to save that?
0: Um, Save it a little bit, because we're still going through the writers.
1: (laughs) Okay, Okay. that's right, yeah.
0: Which, uh, there was Jeffrey, it was also Jeffrey Price and uh, Peter Seaman, who uh, did Who Framed Roger Rabbit and fucking Doc Hollywood, which, like, weird writing duos, you know? That used to be a thing. When was the last writing duo?
1: Uh, the dudes who who sold, besides, like, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the dudes who sold A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Jim, uh, Jim, John Krasinski. <laughs> Jim from The <laughs> Office. Jim from The Office. He, he did a rewrite on it. Um, But those two are, like, like people really like that script. Whatever yeah. you think of the movie, people really like that script, and it's gotten them a lot of work. It got them a meeting at Lucasfilm to develop a project, That's and they turned stupid. it down
0: good for them whoever yeah because uh the only guy you hear about in relation to that movie is jim from the office
1: yeah yeah and they're i i don't i don't know what their relationship is like but they're off doing their own thing and he wrote the second one so yeah which everyone loves uh, apparently the sequel's very good we will see because you never <laughs> know anymore <laughs> i oh, wait are you serious i heard it was terrible <laughs> i've heard it's like great oh like from well, people that didn't like the first one that much.
0: Okay, I you know what? I don't even know if I saw the first Quiet Place.
1: The the writing is like fine, but like Krasinski is like a d like a solid filmmaker, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm sure That's he's all. fine. Yeah. If if you've been on a set as long as he has, you better be a fucking good director. Yeah, I know, I mean, huh? I mean, Jesus.
1: Well then what the fuck is George Clooney's pro- I don't want to get into it. Um you
0: know, did you know uh did you know Stanley Kubrick? Uh, he got his career started in Hollywood by playing Jim on The Office for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's that's the path that so many award-winning filmmakers have taken.
1: Wow. Um, (laughs) I got nothing.
0: Yeah, hey. Stanley Kubrick, uh, when does he die? (laughs) Because it's like, he dies in 99. Oh, yeah, because he saw Wild Wild West. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Did he live long (laughs) enough to see Wild Wild West? All
1: right, let's see. Wild Wild West, June 30th, 1999. Stanley Kubrick.
0: March. He he did not live to see Wild Wild West. Damn it. Just think, Eyes Wide Shut and Wild Wild West were in theaters the same year. (laughs) I think it's that thing of, like, Wild Wild West did something to him. It broke him in some way, because he never made a movie worth a damn afterwards.
1: People like Men in Black 3, but no, no, I, I get what you're saying. You like
0: Men in Black 3, but you like everything.
1: No, people, there are people that, like, love Men in Black 3. They're like, oh, that's the best one. And I think that's... Those people are out of the. I agree. <laughs> I don't understand But them. also...
0: I got to say the amount of movies that you like, I was expect there was like a 50/50 chance you were going to show up
1: defending this movie. No. Oh my god. Like there was no. I,
0: I honestly expected like some I I was like Diego's going to pull some shit <laughs> cuz you were you were texting me shit like I got opinions and I was like, "Oh boy." No, I just
1: I I think there are moments when the action gets kind of exciting like the idea of like these these sci-fi western set pieces is like oh this is kind of fun you could have like some real like ingenuity going on and like the action and the and the blocking and it's like all fine it's all mm. fine
0: <laughs> uh, I, I think there's exactly one moment of action I thought was interesting and we will get to it okay is it on the <laughs> horse no I'll, I'll I will say when it all right happens. all right
1: well let's let's go yeah. um.
0: Um, well, we got to talk about the other elephant in the room, uh, John Peters, who, uh, old school Hollywood mogul, who has been, f- Jesus Christ, he's been married like seven times.
1: You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I've heard him talk.
0: Last to fucking Pam Anderson.
1: Whoa, whoa, really? Married
0: 2020, annulled 2020. <laughs> he dated Barbara Streisand. That's how he got his start, kind of. Oh, really? He was her hairdresser. And as, like, he jumped from being her hairdresser to being a film producer.
1: <laughs> you know, that's a natural That's leak. Hollywood, man. Yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs>
0: I mean, and then it was him and uh, John Peters, and I can't remember his partner's name. Um, I think it's like Peter Goober or something like that. They were uh, made the heads of Sony Pictures for a short stint and basically drove Sony Pictures into the ground. <laughs> There's a great book, which I own, which was, like, inexplicably, like, a book my grandparents just owned, and so I was able to read it, uh, called Hit and Run, which is about them kind of destroying Sony Pictures and then getting, like, golden parachutes and jumping out and immediately landing at Warner Brothers. <laughs> Although, I think John Peters was only who landed at Warner Brothers. I don't know where Goober went, um... And that's, that's odd to bring up now, which seems to be something that is happening with Warner Brothers as AT&T is falling apart in their relationship with Warner Brothers. (laughs) After crashing and burning half of the Warner Media empire. Um, And he lands at, uh, he lands at Warner Brothers and gets, like, a few pictures, and, like, one of the few movies he, like, has a deal on. It's, like, the Ali movie. The Wild Wild West. And Superman Lives, the unmade, Nicholas Cage-starring, Tim Burton-directed, Kevin Smith-written Superman film. <laughs> and I believe a lot of people know about that movie at this point.
1: They know about it either through the Kevin Smith stand-up, which is fantastic um, mm-hmm. and very informative. Or if you're in our circles, you're very familiar with the late John Schnepp, who did a documentary uh, about the death of Superman Lives. If you're listening to this podcast, you do probably know, but if you want to elaborate a little more. Well,
0: yeah, I just, I just want to, I would recommend the Death of Superman Lives documentary if you're curious. It's also a good insight into how Hollywood ideas just kind of hang around forever, you know? Like, so many ideas that were, like, pitched for that movie ended up appearing in later Superman films. Um, But the big... The crux of Kevin Smith's whole bit about it is that when he went to uh, John Peters, the producer, John Peters had three requests about the the Superman movie. He said, Superman can't wear his iconic suit, he can't fly, and then he has to fight a giant spider in the third act of the movie. (laughs) And I don't know if you've seen Wild Wild West, (laughs) but... In the third act of this film, Mm -hmm. a giant steampunk spider shows up.
1: And this is how much this movie fucking blows. That isn't, like, the dopest shit. Like, I mean, it's stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah. But, like, that could be really fun stupid, and it's just not.
0: I think it's because it shows up with almost no build-up, other than, like, a lot of, like, weird spider imagery. And then it's only in the movie for like 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. It's literally like the last 20 minutes. And there's a little of like, what's he building? What's this weapon of his? But like when the movie is generally more grounded, like it's goofy and it again, doesn't work, but like it's, there's a leap from like, we have some steampunk science fiction material here to giant robot spider. (laughs) Like
0: that would be crazy in a movie set now. Mm-hmm. you know like if we if we saw a movie like this weekend and it's like oh the big set piece is a giant robot spider i'd be like oh that's interesting
1: you know what i was thinking about it watching this that's crazy if that showed up at the end of like end game and thanos was like this is my ultimate weapon my ultimate and it's a weapon. giant <laughs> robot spider people would be like yeah. no no that's weird <laughs> that's that doesn't make yeah. sense
0: I think the only film you could get away with this in is Star Wars. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't even know if you can in
1: Star Wars.
0: Yeah, well, Star Wars has a bunch of walk-in vehicles, you know? Like, you can't call it a spider, though. That's Yeah, the- <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess so.
0: It'd be like AT-something, you know? Like- yeah,
1: I know you want to talk about more of this film, because it's like, wow, but... I'm just going to keep going back to those last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I think we should keep plowing ahead, but like, the film ends with them riding off into the sunset, riding the giant robot spider that was just introduced 20 minutes beforehand. Yeah. Well, why?
0: Because you got to have it for the sequel. Or else John Peters is going to riot. <laughs> I feel like the joy of seeing this giant spider is that we want to see it blow up, you know? Mm-hmm. this movie's almost too precious about the spider because also not to jump ahead but when they come up with their their plan to invent a flying machine like on the fly and then like drop bombs on it like the, that flying machine lasts less from introduction to destruction it's like two minutes mm-hmm. which is like that's like the worst hollywood writing out there you know, like you literally introduce something and then immediately destroy it, and then it th- and it affects the spider in no way. It just gets Will Smith and Kevin Klein on the spider.
1: Yeah, the spider is definitely the craziest thing in this film, but there's a lot of other weird shit in here.
0: You know what's a crazy fucking thing in this movie that Barry Sonnenfeld did a little bit on uh Goodfellas?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> guess who the cinematographer um... is michael bellhouse the cinematographer of goodfellas well he's paying back the favor yeah for covering the goodfellas like weeks does it show no but there's a lot of like you know what actually hang on hang on okay so in the set stuff maybe there's like some decent blocking um but a lot of it is not sets a lot of it is a green screen background yeah a lot of it. And I am not an anti-CG VFX kind of guy, but you gotta make it look good. Like, that's why I'm a fan of, like, the new Mandalorian technology so much. It looks fantastic. Yeah, This looks, like, awful. I know, it looks like, terrible. Like, it, it looks so bad. You know what might be the most
0: baffling thing? If we're talking about... We bring it back to John Peters, where he said, like, we, we everyone gets caught up on, like, the giant spider thing. But we, let's not forget, he wanted to make a Superman movie... Where, alright, he's not in his costume, whatever. Like, that's a little weird to get hung up on, but it seems to be a thing a lot of producers get hung up on. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. They don't want him in that suit. But also, he doesn't fly. <laughs> Which is, like, the defining trait. Which, like, say what you will about Man of Steel. <laughs> but, Superman flies in Man of Steel. And also, it's <laughs> one of the moments that a lot of people really like in that movie. <laughs> and it's like, so jump to wild wild west it's a steampunk western with a giant mechanical spider but it seems like there's a lot of effort to not make this movie a western
1: you know yeah it, like, it, it kind of starts a little strong with the westerns like, yeah, like the western stuff yeah, i will say because it's like
0: like you know yeah. like there's a lot of there's some civil war stuff going on it takes place more in the south than in the west it feels like and, yeah,
1: there's a but there's a lot of like horse riding and stuff like that and then that's just gone yeah, in the would, back half of the movie. You
0: would think there would be like a you know standoff with guns or something like that, you know? Some sort mm-hmm. of shootout, like yeah, more horseback riding. And then it's like when you get to the desert, it's very clear that like they filmed it on some backlot or something or maybe they did a location shoot like one or two of those days. But there's like definitely you can tell with the camera where like they're always kind of looking up at Will Smith and, and Kevin Klein, so we don't see the horizon. And it's mm-hmm. like, and then they put some rocks behind them. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, and now yeah, you're in the West. And it's like, part of going to the Western is you want to see like Western landscapes. At least that's what I want to see.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, it's like a big part of a Western for me is like really capturing like that open sky in those yeah. valleys. And, and uh, you can't really do that when you're filming at 4,000 Warner Boulevard, Burbank, California. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's so bizarre. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's what just odd choices. Yeah, I'm guessing it's just he couldn't really adapt to the green screen nature of this. Because I guess when the interiors look a little better, you know? Um, yeah,
1: like, you were saying you were worried I was not to come in defending this film, and I I didn't like the opening, because it's that weird, like, head-cutting-off oh, scene. Oh, the then.
0: opening is maybe the worst way you could open this movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> immediately I was like, why did we need to see this? Imagine like,
0: going in blind. <laughs> like, this, this, it raises more questions than it answers, and not in a fun way, you know? It doesn't even, yeah. it, 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 if it didn't say, like, Louisiana... 18 whatever. You would not know this movie took place in like the old west era. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's it's such a strange opening. And it's very short too. And yeah, so it's it's like why is it even there? Yeah, you feel like you should have opened. It almost feels like they were going to open with the saloon sequence cuz that saloon sequence ends with an explosion that you could see going into a credit sequence, you know? Mhm. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, like, you're thrown into this. Also, it destroys the tension of, like, the disc thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it would have been better if it's like, oh, we found this body, this disc th- 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 with its head cut off, and, like, it had to have been done by, like, some blade that was really quick. And then, like, when you see the image of McGrath later, and he's holding the disc, you're like, oh, that must have cut the head off, but, like, how did it work? It could have generated some mystery for the audience. Instead, you got uh, this guy like running through the woods, and he's like, "I must warn the president." Like, who's he yelling at? <laughs> like, yeah, and and then he inexplicably goes like, "Giant spider, secret city," like, <laughs> and so and then he gets his head cut off, and the guy's like, "I thought you scientists were supposed to be smart." And then opening credits.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But that's not just any guy saying the scientist should be smart.
0: Yeah, it's uh, fucking. It's uh, Ted
1: Levine. Yeah,
0: Candy Cane. <laughs> fucking. Uh. Candy,
1: yeah, I, I just saw Joyride for the first time.
0: Yeah. And he's, he kind of makes Joyride, you know? Like, that voice yeah. is amazing.
1: That first half hour of Joyride's like, rock solid, yeah. though. That That's a good first half hour and a pretty good rest of the movie. Yeah, it's, but it's but his very, voice okay. is fucking creepy. Yeah,
0: Candacate. I've never Candidate. forgotten that. I saw that movie, like, on late-night television when I was young, and I've never forgotten that. Oh, that's that. fucking perfect. Yeah, Candacate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's what go this watch.
1: movie needed.
0: I know. He's a great actor, and he's kind of wasted here. Uh, you know
1: what? I you know I agree he's wasted but like I kind of like the the weird like that's a steampunk character that's a gross like little yeah with like imagination with like his ear thing. his weird ear thing yeah. and his whole like drawl and he's like he's got to like turn it upside down so it can like ooze out so he can hear better and yeah, stuff like that was that's disgusting just, like, that's horrible <laughs> but I liked it. Um, Can I also say? And something? then he's not even like the main villain. Yeah,
0: that's the weird thing. It's like you feel like you had a good villain there, where it's like, oh, former Confederate general, that that makes sense as a villain. And then it's like, oh no, he's he's the sub villain. Um, but one thing I was shocked when the music kicked in because I kind of liked the opening credits a little bit. You know, I'm not. I, I did too. I didn't want to say they were great because, like, at one point it like goes like rock score for some reason. <laughs> uh, I was I was listening to the score and I was shocked to find out that. Elmer Bernstein was still alive when this movie came out.
1: Yeah, the score's good. The, the score's probably the best part of it. Yeah.
0: There's a little, like I said, in the score, the opening credits, there's like a moment where like, a guitar, an electric guitar comes in for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when Bai Ling uh, appears in the credits, they kind of went to some like, Eastern music for a second.
1: No, because...
0: Yeah, because, you yeah. know, she's, she's Asian, so, yeah... And, uh, yeah, that was a little awkward. <laughs> but other than that, mm-hmm. um, it was a solid score.
1: Yeah, and also, she's not in it that much. Yeah,
0: she gets an opening... This has a weird thing where basically everyone appears in the opening credits, even if they're barely in the movie. Um, which I, I, I usually like in movies. Um, although did at Walsh get his own thing? I hope he did. Like, at Walsh is probably the only guy in this movie that showed up to do his fucking job. But, um... <laughs> And it's actually like the one thing where it's like Emmett Walsh is one of those actors where even if the movie's dog shit, it's great watching him. You know, like he's fun. Yeah, uh, as just a train conductor, <laughs> but... or is he playing
1: the same role he did from Blade Runner? So hey. it's like the grandfather oh. of that character.
0: I would do shit like that if I was a filmmaker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like how Dick Miller, like he has the same name in like twenty movies mm-hmm. because like they're all supposed to be the same guy, <laughs> like a weird running gag. Um, I think Miller should have been in this. What the, you know you know who could have pulled this movie off? Joe Dante could have made this work. Oh yeah. Like, Joe Dante has the exact vibe of this. Whereas I don't think Barry
1: Sonnenfeld has a weird sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Men in Black I think was like a mistake. Like, I I don't know. I don't want to take credit away from Barry Sonnenfeld because he did direct it, but mm-hmm. like looking at the rest of his filmography mm-hmm. I don't I don't see that movie yeah. in his other movies apart from, like, the surface-level stuff, you know?
0: There are moments in it that kind of... Although there's not a lot of weird sex jokes, which is like a Barry Sonnenfeld thing. I guess, you know what? There's the joke... Remember in uh, Men in Black when they go to look at the dead bodies? And, uh, uh... What's her name? What's that actress's name? Oh, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, I can't
1: remember, but she should have been bigger.
0: She should have. Um, she's good in it, and she she has this weird moment where she's like, she looks at uh, Will Smith and is like, you know what I like to do when no one's around? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, they get distracted by something, and it's, like, it's heavily implying that she's maybe doing something with the corpses, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of makes her character really interesting, but uh, that's, like, the only moment I can think of. I'm sure there's another moment where a, a big Barry Sonnenfeld thing, is action that is mistaken for sex, which happens at least once in this movie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I guess we should get into the first scene.
1: <laughs> oh. Do we, do we have to? Uh,
0: <laughs> we have to because the introduction of Will Smith is that he's, he's uh, having sexy time with a lady in a water tower.
1: Yeah, so is that... There's my first thought. Is that water tower for, like, the town? Um, I mean, why else would it be there? <laughs> yeah, so, like, what the fuck, dude? I'm assuming, you
0: know what, they're at, like, a train station, so maybe it was, like, to for the train? I don't know.
1: What, the train doesn't need water. Don't, don't, it's an automobile. or it, It's a locomotive.
0: Um, yeah, but don't, like, steam engines need water. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I don't.
1: Do you, does I don't, it look like I know what trains need? Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's I was thinking of um, uh, I don't know I found I, I'm that I'm sorry I'll, I gotta bring up uh, cause on the topic of Will Smith the comedian Patrice O'Neill had one of the, my favorite takedowns of Independence Day ever which Will Smith has that line in the movie where he's like I can fly this alien spacecraft cause I've seen it fly and I'm well aware of its maneuvering capabilities mm-hmm. and Patrice O'Neill said I'm aware of how trains maneuver and I can't drive one <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. You probably would would uh, say some crazy shit online if you were still around, but.
1: Oh yeah, I'm noticing a lot of that lately. Yeah. But hey, you appreciate know. what you got.
0: You know. we can't um, they can't all be Bill Burr.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> find
0: that right balance of being crazy, but also kind of endearing.
1: Bill Burr should start on a remake of this. You know
0: what? It could work. I don't know what a guy from Boston is doing out west, but...
1: Neither does he. That that would be the joke. Here's
0: the thing. Here's what I would do. I would... Like, everyone will probably want to make Bill Burr, like, kind of, like, angry, like, tough guy, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. guy who thinks he's tough. You know? Like a Joe Pesci type. I would cast him as Artemis Gordon. Like, he's a brilliant inventor, but he's, like, angry. <laughs>
1: okay yeah 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 that's good
0: (laughs) where it's like he's pissed off that like because you if you were artemis gordon and you invented a flying machine in the old west that means you're smart enough that it would feel like you were surrounded by idiots all the time (laughs) and it would just make you angry (laughs) to be that smart surrounded by morons
1: yeah i'd love that
0: you know that's why like i joked when we did the last airbender podcast i'm like bill Burr should play an airbender (laughs) Like the one like irrationally angry airbender. <laughs> like all the other ones are like very peaceful and calm. and then it's Bill Burr. <laughs> Again, don't know why he has a Boston accent, but
1: yeah, just just because it's Bill Burr.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, he's in a water tower.
1: <laughs> yeah he's in a water tower he's gonna he's gonna have sex and he, he's been there not specifically in the water tower, but he's been there in that town for like about a week. Waiting out for um, General McGrath's troops. Yeah, because he's hunting them for a reason. Yeah, we're gonna find out why. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: sure it's a really good decision to include in this movie
1: with a giant mechanical spider. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so he, 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 because of shenanigans, the water tower tips over. He falls out. He gets in a fight with some racists, and he distracts one guy with his dick, and then punches him. Um, yep, that's a scene that happens and that's um, I guess we should bring it up here which is that this movie if in terms of its tone and pacing and just general vibe uh. the movie because Will Smith is the lead the movie either completely ignores the fact that he is black and in the old west or pays an uncomfortable amount of attention to the fact that he's black.
1: And in the Old West.
0: Yeah. And it just, it it gives this weird oscillating vibe to this movie mm-hmm. that it never loses and never beats. And I, it's weird that he's, uh, I gotta say, it's a little weird that how they characterize him because like he's supposed to be a cowboy but he's also a member of the army and like black like black cowboys aren't a rare thing one in four settlers of the west were black like that was a, a huge drive out west was uh, was former slave populations so like it wouldn't be that hard to be like okay he's a former slave after, after the war he went out west and now he's a cowboy right
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like they never really figure out what to do with them <laughs>
1: I mean, that, I think that stems from a problem with, like, the writing. Not to be, like, one of those guys yeah. who are, like, script is king. But, like, th- this story that we're watching has no idea how to, like, present the story it's telling. Because there's no story being told, really. Yeah, it's just, it's like, like, a sequence of, like, character ideas and events. And there's no real, like, through line between any scenes. Like, why? Think about, like, why we need to watch this opening happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What, yeah. what what does this contribute to the rest of the the film? Five minutes after it's over, what does it contribute? You know,
0: yeah. What did we learn about Will Smith in this opening? Is he, that he fucks, he
1: fucks? He fucks? Yeah. He yeah. doesn't
0: really give a shit about infrastructure. Um, he's he's a liar because he was lying to this lady.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because
0: he's like I'm not working, um, and he doesn't really seem to have any respect for her. Uh, so he doesn't respect women, which becomes a running thing. Um, and also that there are racists, and he has to deal with them sometimes. But his way of dealing with racists is punching them. Which isn't a wrong attitude.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, like that's like the one good thing.
0: Yeah, but it's also like, okay, you know, like I would punch <laughs> a racist, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, uh... oh, and he's after this General McGrath guy. That's, like, the only plot point that's really established.
1: Yeah, but is uh, it ever established, like, to go even further, like, is he there for the army because he's with the U.S. Army? Or is he there of his own accord? Does that mean yeah. he's AWOL? Like, what, is that, what does that tell yeah, that, us about, like, anything?
0: Yeah, that never seems to be established because, like, what ends up happening is, like, he runs across Kevin Klein and it's like, hey, we're both at competing groups and then we're here, whatever. And... Yeah, it feels like he came there on his own accord because he's like, "I'm just showing up," because he's like, "I'm just here to kill General McGrath," and like Kevin Klein wants to catch him and figure out what's happening to missing scientists. Like that's the other plot point that's established is that scientists are being kidnapped. Um, Will Smith ends up on a on a cart full of nitro.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and he
0: just he just keeps screaming. This is not the way to transport nitro.
1: Um, that feels like. They tried to write something for him to be like, oh, this is his action comedy yelling line, right? Yeah. Like, Because uh, there's a lot of that in the 90s especially with the Michael Bay stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which Will Smith also got to start in. But I, it's like... I think it's they'll, a fallout. That's out not like a common to... thing for modern audiences, nitro. Like nitroglycerin. So... Yeah. What... what I don't know. It's weird. It's all very weird.
0: And it's like they don't want him to say the word nitroglycerin. <laughs> like... It's yeah, it's so they like have Nitro he's it... gotta say the cool version of it
1: yeah and that makes it weirder because then it's like okay what's Nitro
0: <laughs> well to think of to go back to like Men in Black like you gotta think about his introduction in that where he's you know he chases the alien he jumps over a bridge onto a bus and he makes that joke he's like must be raining black people in New York and you're like oh you know he's, he's like he's a cop he's got an attitude he also feels bad when the guy jumps off the roof you know
1: mm-hmm. where
0: he's like hey don't do that <laughs> remember when the guy like does the alien blink him. Yeah, yeah, that, that
1: like, that fucked me up as a like, kid, honestly.
0: But then he goes, like, we'll get you a doctor, we'll get those eyes fixed. Like, yeah. He's, like, trying to help the guy.
1: Yeah, Which, yeah. That's
0: where I think the big problem runs into is that uh, Jim West, the the Will Smith character, is, he has no real humanity to him. He doesn't really seem to care about anyone. And, like, even by the end of the film, he doesn't even really seem to like Kevin Klein, and I think that becomes the running issue for Will Smith through his whole career where he, he has to play people that don't like people you know like mm-hmm. even when they do uh Men in Black 2 his character's been reestablished as he can't hold a partner like he can't get along with partners anymore because it's just never been the same since Tommy Lee Jones left where like the defining thing about his character in that movie is that Tommy Lee Jones was like the guy going through the motions was really, like, tired of being there. <laughs> and, like, he's like, I've seen it all before. Like, yep, yeah, they're gonna blow up the planet, whatever. And Will Smith is, like, this humanity where he's like, you can't just erase their memory. Like, you gotta be nice about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's what defines his character. And here he's just an asshole.
1: I mean, it's it's even weirder because it's, it's not just that he's an asshole. It's that there's no other character. So, like, even the assholeness isn't intentional like there's no moment where it's like oh the the, these two don't get along and they got to work together like they they try to do that a couple times there's no grounding of their personalities even (laughs) apart from just Will Smith being cocky which he's very good at albeit right it's just not likable Mm -hmm. here um which is fine if it was like purposeful and had intention behind it and then Kevin Klein, who's like kind of a goofball and uh shockingly horny
0: Speaking of shockingly horny, um Kevin Klein is introduced in uh drag. He's disguised as a woman, um, as a, a sex worker, and is trying to get uh with General Bloodbath McGrath.
1: <laughs> That's right, yeah. What, uh, oh Kevin you, Klein it, is also a master of disguise in this film.
0: Yeah, even though you, you we're supposed to look at that woman and go, That's Kevin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> a weird way to introduce his character, you know.
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh Yeah, uh strange strange moment. Yeah, cuz I
1: mean like the introduction is maybe like the most important part of a film, yes. cuz that's where you hook the audience. What does this real estate tell us about these characters' locations and their lives? Mhm.
0: Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it really it doesn't it tells us nothing and doesn't really give us a vibe as to who they are. You know, like other than Kevin Klein will go to some great lengths to do some shit and that's about it. Also Selma Hayek's here, but she doesn't matter. Um
1: Oh yeah, she doesn't matter in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Uh I will argue and then she later doesn't either. matter throughout the entire film.
1: Yeah, it's a <laughs> well, good argument not to her, make. <laughs> not her
0: fault. Not her fault. Um
1: No, no. Selma Hayek is a saint.
0: Yeah. But uh, what, was gonna, what was I going to say? Um, they, Kevin Klein gets McGrath in the back room and then hypnotizes him with a, with a belt and makes him act like a dog. And uh, Will Smith mis- – that's a very clear moment where it's supposed to be like, oh, Will Smith thinks that it's like a sex thing happening. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Which also that's there's – there's like multiple jokes like that because then like they, they stumble in the room with a kidnapped scientist and there's someone in the bag, and she's like, oh, that's new, and what a weird fucking movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, they get, they, Will Smith breaks in, and then, like, they have a fight, and at the end, they go, like, I'm after McGrath. No, I'm after McGrath. I'm, I'm a U.S. Marshal. I'm with the Army. Oh, no. And McGrath gets away. Uh, and then the building explodes. And then the scene just ends. hmm <laughs>
1: And then they're in Uh, Washington, D.C.
0: Well, hold on. First of all, like, they, they, how do they know that the cart of nitroglycerin is rolling towards the place? Remember? They're like, they do like a now what, and then the place blows up.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there's people leaving the saloon. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they say now what. But yeah, yeah, how would those people know? I don't know. Um, and,
0: uh, also, we, uh, We get our. Loveless is introduced in this opening scene. Like, I feel like this is a a moment where, like, we should maybe hear his voice or, like, see his silhouette or, like, something, you know, maybe, like, artfully shoot him in some way. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, this is a mysterious figure. Who could this be? And instead, it's like, we just see him (laughs) and his army of uh, bad bitches. Um, oh yeah
1: the girl boss army
0: yeah i don't know if they're girl bosses because they're all subservient to uh oh yeah no this. no you're right um, um but one although, of them can
1: read lips i thought that was kind of a fun idea and because if it's gonna be name? like a spy western you know like you can't no, have I like love
0: i love like the the women who all have like a different speciality <laughs> they're all like some spe- did you catch her name though
1: oh um it's it's so fucking stupid it's uh miss miss Reader, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so lip reader did you get it yeah the one with the gun is uh miss municia like <laughs> it's weird <sighs> it's uh odd choices uh, but yeah it explodes and then we're in washington dc that's the first 15 minutes of the movie <laughs>
1: yeah and it it's and, not that fun to, to watch
0: <laughs> And I should talk about the runtime I when I sat down to rewatch this I cleared out like a lot of time because in my mind it was like an over two hour movie like and I'm like and I when I watch these things and I take notes I'm like pausing it constantly and rewinding it to like get a line to figure out something and I was shocked that this the movie itself is barely over 90 minutes. With credits, it crosses into like 106 minutes. Like that's shocking.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels For way long longer. How long this
0: feels? Yeah. Washington D.C. Um, Will Smith walks with a gun into the White House.
1: And now that the that the race stuff has been planted in your head from the earlier scene, what should be like an attempt at showing how cool Will Smith is in this movie, it I'm just now thinking like, why are they letting him walk around the White House. Like, I'm assuming everyone else is going to be racist to him in this movie now.
0: Yeah. You know? Knowing what we know about
1: America, obviously, just, like, inherently. But because they've established that precedent earlier on in the film, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, concerned for him everywhere he goes now.
0: Well, the guy does say something racist to him.
1: No, he does, but then, like,
0: I I don't buy that they let him continue. This movie fucking invokes 40 acres and a mule. Like... (laughs) What the fuck? Like, yeah, something that every black American, by the way, is still owed by our government. (laughs) Legally, we owe 40 acres and a mule. And it's it's a weird line to just throw in there. And then he like is waving a gun around in the White House. And it's like, what world is this? (laughs) Like, you know, like, I understand him having like a chip on his shoulder and being like, I've been mistreated by white people my whole life, like not trusting them. But where does he get away with this? All it takes is one racist who doesn't know who he is so mm-hmm. like. And see... again,
1: I wouldn't even be considering this possibility had it not been for how the film introduced the character in the yeah. first place. Yeah,
0: they like, almost dropped an N word in like the opening. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I was he like, oh, the guy whoa, he says
0: it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this is maybe the one th- one thing I found kind of fun, which is uh. Kevin Klein also playing uh, Ulysses
1: S. Grant. I hated that.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, alright. I'm sorry.
1: I um, thought that was so obnoxious.
0: I think that would have been a better way to introduce his, his disguises, though. I agree. Weird, like, drag opening. Um, they originally wanted Robert Conrad from the Wild Wild West TV show to play Grant, but he said no because the script was terrible. <laughs>
1: Good man, good yeah. man.
0: And then I believe he accepted all the Razzies that year that this movie won. Oh, really? He was very vocal in his hatred of the movie oh, to the point where, like, Will Smith felt the need to like apologize to him after, uh, like, after like the the dust had settled on this oh. movie. Um, I don't know. I found it kind of fun. And I think Kevin Kline's better at Ulysses S. Grant than he is at Artemis Gordon, but maybe that's just because Artemis Gordon isn't really a character.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I could see that, at least.
0: And I will just say, it's, like, one of the few set-up and payoffs that, like, I felt worked in this movie, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not watching that scene and going, okay, he is going to disguise himself as Grant later in the film, you know? I did Mm -hmm. not, like, make that connection. It's like, oh, this is a fun way... To introduce Klein to Will Smith, even though they've already met each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was so weird too. So, like, did they leave the saloon apart from each other?
0: I, from what they, I understand, they uh, there's been a, there were a lot of reshoots on this movie, so maybe that explains some of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, this feels like a more like a better way to for these two guys to meet. You know, I almost feel like Will Smith should have just been in the opening action scene and then mm-hmm. get Kevin Klein. Um, also, like, it's, they establish like, Will Smith is like, oh, he's like, how'd you know I wasn't Grant? And he's like, you were in a Harvard ring, Grant went to West Point. And it's like, oh, so Will Smith, he makes, like, op- like he can pick up on things that the other characters don't, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's got a good eye. And that's like, it becomes a thing, like, that they call back to a few times, of, like, oh, you, like he makes the comment later where he's like, well, they've kidnapped these types of scientists, so whatever they're building, it's got to, like, have explosives, it's got to have armored plating, and it's got to move. And it's like, okay, so he, he, he knows, like, the little details. But then that doesn't contribute at all to, like, how he, how the film ends, you know? Like, it's not, mm-hmm. like, a character trait that helps him win the day. In fact, it's Kevin Klein that's later is like, you know, I'm thinking about that wasp in the desert we saw We should build a flying machine. Like, that feels like Will Smith (laughs) should have made that comment, you know?
1: Yeah, and it would have, like, solidified the bond between them, because it'd be like, no, 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 I trust you to build that now. And there's a little bit of that, but, like, not real. It doesn't feel authentic because of Kevin Klein being the one that points it out.
0: The way they finally go, like, all right, they like each other, and they actually believe in each other's methods is, like, the worst way they do. We'll (laughs) get to that scene, but it might be the worst scene in the movie. Um, I have that uh, written down a few times. Though. High bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, bad scenes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the Grant stuff. Maybe I just liked Kevin Klein's performance as Grant. I
1: mean, may- maybe. I mean, I, I like Kevin Klein.
0: I liked his delivery yeah. of uh, penetrating the bowels of the White House, and he, like, stabs the balloon he was wearing to make himself look fat. Um, I, don't yeah, know. I, I just like, thought that a, was, like, the one nice moment... Where it was, like, kind of cute. Again, maybe it's, like, harder to stomach when it's after the saloon scene. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, this This is a moment where I'm like, all right, the movie could be good, but after the saloon scene, you're like, this. there's no way this movie will turn things around. <laughs> um, oh, we get the cake covered in spiders. Um, did it? Does it say the cake is from Loveless? Like, all I know is that it came with a note asking for the complete surrender of the United States.
1: I don't think it came from his stuff specifically right because they have to like solve like this mini well, case to like, figure out how to find like whoever's behind this right
0: yeah well they're also like loveless is dead like everyone's like everyone thinks loveless died during the war right mm-hmm. and which is weird that we've already seen his face again like just yeah. bad so filmmaking
1: like, yeah like so they 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 Give you an answer to a question you don't know you're supposed to be asking, and then once you have it, you're ahead of the characters, and yeah. then they have the mystery after we introduce the characters. But we already know the it's what an awful film. Also, a <laughs> horrible of what experience. Is,
0: also, it's what's weird is that like the whole thing is like what is Loveless Building? What is Loveless Building? If you have seen a trailer or the poster for this movie, you know about the giant mechanical spider. Like, that was the one thing in, like, all the advertising. I remember that a lot, where it's Will Smith saying he's got an 80-foot tarantula. Like, they put that in every trailer. And so it's like, you know what the thing is. (laughs) (laughs) And it would, which wouldn't be too much of a problem if the entire movie didn't hinge on it. You know? This movie is written around that goddamn spider. (laughs) But you know
1: what? Anybody who saw a trailer or poster and was like, that looks ridiculous. I'm not going to watch that. Probably lucked out.
0: Because we're, we're the two idiots that we, pro- if we had seen that, we'd have been like, fuck yeah, giant mechanical spider in the Old West. <laughs> then we see the movie and we're like, oh no. <laughs> Gordon has a motorbike.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, that's, just, that's just something he invents. He just has it. Yeah.
0: Also, all right, so they keep going, like, you got to put aside your differences. And you're like, what differences? Like, yeah. it's, it's very poorly established. Like, the one thing we get is that Will Smith is like, um, I'm old school, I use a gun. I Although he doesn't really shoot that many people. Um, I I ride a horse. And then Artist Gordon is like, I have gadgets. And uh, the gadgets win a lot of the time. And it almost feels like a, a nugget of an idea where it's like, because a lot of Westerns are about kind of like the march of progress, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. Westerns are all about like death and like the end of like the wild man, that the true individual who gets to live on their own because civilization is coming. I mean that's like it goes back to fucking stagecoach, you know. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you could have integrated the, the the gadget stuff in there a little better, but it's not like it. It's it's bare. It's kind of just like a gimmick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not drawn from any like character interiority. But like on that point about like the like. The freedom of the individual. So you gotta look at it from the perspective of Jim West's character then. So he's a black man who fought for the North. He's got his freedom, but he's he's an agent of the US Army. Like that there's like a natural conflict there then, in that sense. But no. No. Uh Kevin <laughs> Klein's gotta be a cute little dork and make a speed bike. With little flames, I did like that little transition actually. You know what? That one stuck with me. I don't know why. That's a good But when a, he like transition. speeds past on the horse, you know, and the little cloud mm-hmm. becomes the the fumes of smoke from this train.
0: Although, what happened to that horse?
1: Oh, I don't know. He just leaves it when he tries to get on the train. Leaves the
0: horse. It would be cool if it was like kind of a magical horse, where like like in Red Dead Redemption, where like anytime you whistle, the horse just shows up. <laughs> Like, that seems like the type of flair this movie could have, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't. This movie seems embarrassed that it exists and is, like, trying to be cool, you know?
1: And yet there's an 80-foot mechanical spider.
0: Well, you want to be like, you're a fucking steampunk western. You're a fucking dorky movie. Be dorky. And I think that's the weird Will Smith thing. Will Smith is always, like, teetering on dorky and cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, cause he's like the rap guy who's like, he doesn't curse to sell records and shit. You know, he's like the one rap artist that your parents would let you listen to if you were in the early (laughs) nineties, you know, girls of the world, ain't nothing but trouble. Like all real simple shit like that. But also like, he kind of is cool. Like, especially if you're a kid, like I was a big Will Smith fan as a kid. I was like, Oh, Will Smith, he's cool. And they, but, like he just went i I feel like he was maybe a little insecure about that sort of appearance, you know
1: and I think like, you got a point there because what what's that one film he did where he wouldn't film the gay kiss and he's gone on record saying that he regrets not filming it because he wasn't hmm. secure about his image at the, at that time. I don't know. Do you, um, do you, you know what I'm talking about
0: though? I, 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 I that story rings a bell, but I don't remember the movie.
1: Yeah, it, um, it was one of his earlier ones. I think it was even pre Bad Boys. Um, yeah, and and yeah, he he said he he wouldn't do it at the time because you know even back then it was like not not great for a stars image to be like oh gay gay role you're mm-hmm. gonna do gay roles now.
0: Well, especially but that's gay. Yeah, I, I think like you know. Uh, we're, I'm probably the exact wrong person to talk about this, but I think like black actors have a lot of other pressures on them, you know, like especially. Oh, yeah, in the I mean, 90s. yeah, there's whole there's
1: whole other contingencies that we, we wouldn't even be able to understand as a, a white person mm-hmm. and a white passing person.
0: <laughs> yes, <So. laughs> um, but I just I feel like th- there was there was some insecurity going on because like it's it's an issue that is recurring throughout his career, um. And if he was more of, like, a dorky guy, I feel like this movie would work. And you can be a dork and be cool at the same time, you know? I think that's Mm -hmm. the thing people have forgotten. Especially now that white nerds have monopolized dork and nerd, you know? Like, where it's like, oh, actually, we're losers, but that's why we're cool. And it's like, no, that's not how that works.
1: That's how you get fucking, like, Ready Player One, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, oh, look at all these things I can reference. It's like, no. But, like, if he was someone where it's like, he mentions in this that his character was raised by Indians and that he's, like, he knows a lot about the Old West. Where if he was a character like a lot of Western characters where he he doesn't fit in with society, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's out of place because cowboys, like, they don't fit in, like, upper-class society and he's going places and people are like, oh, look at this wild person. And then you add that he's black on top of that, like, there's a lot you can work with there. And they just, there's fucking, they don't, it's so weird where it's like they they, they rightfully understood that you had to reckon with it, but they did it in all the wrong ways.
1: Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not going to say that Shane Black would have been the best person to do that, um, but I think he would have at least tapped into that more, you know, if they kept him yeah. on board as a writer. Because a lot of it, even without like uh, the aspect of being a black American, like a lot of his protagonists deal with that conflict. You know, he he's often described his, his crime scripts as like a, a more modern Westerns where it's like, okay, you conquered yeah. the West. What does that even mean for you now? Like, how do you fit back into society? How, mm-hmm. Like how, how is Riggs going to fit into a world where he's no longer a, a soldier where he can't be a soldier. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that, that could have been something I would like yeah. to see that approach for a Western uh, action movie like uh, on this scale again at some point.
0: Steampunk action western, which they'll never do, because every time they no. try it bombs. But you know, none of them have been particularly good movies.
1: Yeah, that's what makes it harder to like fight for too. You know.
0: Yeah. Are you a fan of uh of uh, the Lone Ranger? I don't I don't know because I know you like what's his fuck.
1: I, I like um, Gore Verbinski a lot. Um, that that's the one I can't really. I can't really get with that, The Mexican, and uh, The Weatherman.
0: Yeah, well, what's weird about that is that uh, he did a good Western, which is Rango. <laughs> yeah, Rango's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe Gore Verbinski should just do animation.
1: I think his next one's an animation for Netflix, so... Why
0: not? Well, he's doing fucking Sand Kings, which annoys me, but... Oh, yeah. Because I know what we'll, the Gore We'll Verinsky see. He gets version. attached
1: to a lot of stuff, so who knows? Yeah
0: yeah unless like ring gore verbinski comes back like i don't i'm not super
1: excited about that um right. well, anything's possible i fucking love his ring remake yeah. anything's possible with bush in
0: the white house what um yeah the motorbike beats him to the train and then he jumps on the train and there's like a fucking spring-loaded thing that launches him into a chair because um, it's a it's a goofy train car. Um, oh, and
1: then uh, Kevin Klein says, "Oh, I love this train."
0: Yeah, well, that's after he, he does the probably like, the snow or like Kevin Klein be funny and like he does like the weird like, like you think he's gonna do some kung fu thing. Oh, that was so
1: awful to watch.
0: It was awkward and like it feels like a ten minute scene, even though it's maybe twenty seconds. <laughs> it's
1: it's horribly racist. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's just like cringeworthy. Um, yeah, that was not pleasant. A giant,
0: a giant mallet comes down and hits him, <laughs> and uh, yeah, why is that there? <laughs> I don't know. He could have just uh, pressed the button. <laughs> yeah, it's, what a weird, uh, and also, if you want to talk about, like, I was talking about how I thought the the Grant setup was better, a version of the bad setup is him being like, oh, that this is a needle Needlepoint, I'm making a bulletproof vest, I haven't tested it yet, and, like, that's a moment where you're like, that's gonna come back, you know? Yeah. You're like, that will be a part of the film. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh... And I think that's the bad version. Yeah, they're like goofing around. Then there's like they get they both end up under the train. I don't know how Artemis ends up under the train. I don't even know how that's an option. You know? Yeah. I
1: and then he he flips a switch to get them both back up there. I I don't know. He
0: doesn't flip anything. It's and then he says like I, maybe the president's right. We should put aside our differences. And then you're like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: And, yeah, like, what? Dif- uh, they're just being assholes. That's it. Yeah. That's not a difference. You're just being an asshole.
0: We've had, like, three meet-cute with these characters, and they've, <laughs> like, two out of three have been just awful. And you hate the other one, and I thought the other one was okay. <laughs> I-,
1: I think it's better than the yeah. other two.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to go to the mat for it either way. Like. <laughs>
1: it at least tells you something about who these people are, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Oh, God, this fucking movie.
1: Um, yeah, and it, it, it keeps going.
0: Yeah, it keeps going, and that's when we meet uh, Pre- Professor Morton, or whatever, who is the, the disembodied head, like the, the head that was cut off in the opening of the movie, in case anyone is, remembers that scene.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: And Will Smith uh, very funnily keeps saying that's a man's head.
1: Yeah. He says it three times, so that's how you know yeah. it's uh it's a joke. Rule, three times rule of three Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh they're doing some pseudoscience here, which is I mean, I, I can go with, with like the idea that the last image you see appears on your eyes. That was a thing people used to actually believe.
1: Um Yeah, I'm I'm cool with all of that. All this weird yeah. fake science, mumbo jumbo, I can roll with it. <laughs> And I will say,
0: the movie, they left in a good moment where it's like, oh, Mister, when they're leaving the White House, it's like, Mr. Gordon, this package arrived for you, and that's the head, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then they, so like, there's a good little moment where it's like, oh, okay, the, the fucking head's here. Like, that's something a modern blockbuster on this movie's level wouldn't include, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> a little simple moment like that. Uh, yeah, and the head, Will Smith is the one who puts together, oh, we gotta put glasses on it. Again, contributing to the will smith being able to pick up on like the small details thing that pays off in no way (laughs) (laughs) all right then we start getting into some of the worst scenes in the movie (laughs) um where they start dressing up for the costume party because oh another thing will smith is like at the white house like all right we got to figure out where bloodbath mcgrath is going and will smith's like oh i know he's going to new orleans and kevin klein's like we don't know that and will smith's like i know he's going to new orleans Like, why does Will Smith know that, first of all? Second... They never um, tell us, huh? They never tell us, but also, why have that be a thing? And then the reveal is just, oh, he was right, he is going to New Orleans. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, what if, like, they read the telegram, and it's like the telegram was from New Orleans, but it's telling him to go to, like, Richmond, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what if that was the twist? And it's like, oh, you know, he was half right, but without this gadget, we wouldn't have been able to make the full conclusion. And it's like, oh. Okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I guess the thing is that it narrows it down to that it's going to be at this costume party. But even then, it's like that, it feels like it's barely a note.
1: It's barely Uh a note, and then it's one of those, we see it a lot with more modern movies, but... It's like a scene where it's just circling the drain. Like, there's no real conflict between the characters or an idea. It's just like, oh, you think it's this? I think it's this. Oh, is it that? It is that. Okay, we can move on. And you're like, well, what the fuck? What was that for? Yeah. What was the last five minutes it's for? Like,
0: it's a mystery element that doesn't need to exist. hmm You know? Um, we get the scene where they're trying on costumes. And he's like, oh, you can be my manservant. And Will Smith is like, no, I'm going to go as myself. And I mean, look, it was wrong for Kevin Klein to suggest he dress up as a manservant, (laughs) (laughs) which you could have made that, you know, like Kevin Klein's like, maybe he's like, you know, a do-goody liberal type where like he, he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I like, I agree with emancipation, but you know, I think Will Smith isn't really educated or something like that. You could have made that a character. And then it's like, he learns to like Will Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. feels like a fine character trait and like he doesn't understand that like when he suggests that he be a manservant that that's kind of racist but he does bring up the good point that they are going to a place full of former slave owners yeah <laughs> which he has to sneak into by the way ultimately uh Will Smith just like punches a guy and sneaks in and then like no one cares like no one is shocked which it would be shocking <laughs> If you're if you're a bunch of racist white people who only hang out with other racist white people,
1: yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing with this film. There's all these sequences without like any conflict, you know, and it's not like a fucking Richard yeah. Linklater movie. It's not a slice of life <laughs> type movie. It's like a 177 million dollar blockbuster, where it's mm-hmm. like, what what is the purpose of the the thing I'm watching right now? Yeah, and oftentimes in this film. You will discover that there is no purpose yeah. for any of it, like <laughs> which does make they... it very funny to talk about.
0: Yeah, it does. It's just like it's all meaningless. But they're trying on the costumes, and uh, they start making jokes about how Kevin Klein dressed as a woman, because who would debase themselves in such a way? And then he gets out the fake dress. <laughs> <Sorry, that's> just... <laughs> that was like yeah. so awful. <laughs> I know. It's it's this movie is terrible. Um, and then they're like, they start debating on whether or not the fake breasts feel like real breasts. And it kind of reminded me of that scene in the 40 year old version <laughs> where he's trying to pretend he's felt a woman's breasts and he's like, it feels like sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sand. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, so they start like debating on the breasts and fucking, uh, you hear um, what's his name, Emmett Walsh is walking by, and he overhears him being like, touch my breast. And Emmett Walsh goes, I knew it. What did he know?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: W- what did he know? <laughs> <laughs> what did he think he knew? <laughs> That these are both cross dressing gay men? Like, what do you think? I
1: think that's the implication.
0: How did he make but that leap in logic?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: It feels like a punchline that, like, didn't need to be there. Like, it's it's funnier if you just, like, have his, like, a face, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, and then he's like, oh, well, and then he goes back and then like, here's the other, when like they switch places and he's like, now feel my breasts. And then he's like, whoa, like he didn't need that line. I knew it. That like sent me for five minutes. <laughs> I was just like, what did he
1: know? <laughs> um, but on the breast thing, that is something that I did not expect to be a setup for a payoff.
0: Yeah. Cause you would be like, they wouldn't go there. <laughs>
1: And boy, do they.
0: Yeah. A lot of breast jokes, a lot of butts in this movie, too. Um, a, a lot, lot of asses. butts. Yeah. Um,
1: Apologies to Salma Hayek.
0: Yeah. Which is just
1: like, it's just awkward, you know? Yeah, because it's like, what? is it... Like, who who is it for? Because I get the characters are, like, pent-up. Angry, horny men. Like that's that well, I you know. I, that's like a very generous description of, of what we know about them, right? But that's something well, I can of those, kind of attribute to
0: them. This is one of those movies that only understands male relationships as being constantly butting heads, particularly over like asserting our sexual dominance, you know? Like mm-hmm. where it's like any woman walks by, if it's two guys, we all have to start being like oh, you know what I would do if I got with her? <laughs> like, we gotta, like... That's mm-hmm. what men do, right? And it's like, oh, one of us has to win this woman. She has no say in this. But... <laughs> it's just, like, this awful writing that unfortunately still is around, you know? Yeah. Like, at most, they will give her a line where she's like, you realize that comment you're saying is sexist, but then they just play in the sexist stereotypes. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. That's how you write movies today. Yeah. That was the only lesson that was learned from the Joss Whedon era. <laughs> <laughs> was to comment on the sexism without doing anything about it. That's the only lesson Hollywood and Joss Whedon in his personal life learned.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Okay. The one thing I'll give this movie credit for is that Salma Hayek doesn't end up with either of them.
0: Yeah. That's probably That's the like one good note. Although it makes her character entirely pointless.
1: Yeah, which is which sucks be because either. it's like that's not what her character should even be like about. They, they do but...
0: try and like make it fun where it's like she's clearly like understands that she is very attractive and is she's been using that in a quest to reunite with her father, who we find out at the end of the film is actually her husband. Which mm-hmm. I mean, good for that guy, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's this weird like. You, like, they, they play up that she's, like, making them compete against each other. But I think it's supposed to make us think that she's actually working for Loveless, but then that doesn't go anywhere.
1: Um, yeah, she's, like, M.I.A. Just... for a lot of this movie.
0: After she's introduced. Yeah. When she's in scenes, she's M.I.A. Because she doesn't contribute. <laughs> um, alright, at the costume party, though, uh, we get introduction of uh possibly my favorite character in the film
1: (laughs) oh god don't you just hate that song what's what is Kenneth Branagh doing
0: Kenneth Branagh Shakespearean trained actor he is, I, I think this is what academics call chewing the scenery.
1: <laughs> I think he put the scenery in a blender. Yes. And then he drank it.
0: He's been chugging it. It's like he's trying to see <laughs> how many glasses of scenery he can get down in less than a minute. Like
1: This might be God. one of my favorite performances ever or my least favorite performances ever. It's a know.
0: train wreck of a performance, but it's like the only thing in this movie that seems to have any life in it. It's you know
1: really fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Do we ever
1: lose our sense of humor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where he's talking about how he lost his dick fighting for the South.
1: And which is feet almost something you do.
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Two legs, a lung. <laughs> And our ability to reproduce? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And there's, like I said, there's almost something you can do there where it's like, oh man, this guy, he lost his manhood fighting for the South. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it goes nowhere. Um, you know where this does go? Um, Will Smith and Loveless interact, and they apparently know each other.
1: Yeah, that was weird. So they've That's met before.
0: Thing. Yeah, I guess because he's like Mr. West, and they uh, they start doing uh, racist and then ableist jokes at each other.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I should put the clip here. <laughs> um. we, we
0: can't. Like, yeah. it is uh, like he he does drop. I think he only drops one racial slur technically like yeah, that's like, the thing
1: technically yeah, um but it, it's very coded language and then yeah. not coded
0: like i almost want to say like one of line just to give people the idea but it's like i don't think i want to be on recording saying this
1: no like, no yeah <laughs> you don't need to say any of these just um
0: yeah
1: it's uh, what are you supposed to get from that because it's such a mean spirited like exchange <laughs> yeah
0: it's awful and it's like ha ha you're black ha ha you're crippled
1: (laughs) and then it's like oh i got the better of you
0: yeah and it's like like... also i should this (laughs) should be a time to bring up loveless is a character from the show what Um, i know this loveless was on the show except he wasn't a man that had lost his legs and was in a mechanical wheelchair He was a dwarf actor. Uh, Oh. So the solution, they were like, well, we can't cast the dwarf in this role because that would be offensive. (laughs) So let's make him handicapped. (laughs) (laughs) And then let's make a bunch of handicapped jokes at his character.
1: (laughs) I think Hollywood died a long time ago. And we're only just realizing it now.
0: Yeah, no, this is like the beginning of the end. (laughs) Cinema has been walking dead. For, like, 20 years now. <laughs> it's just... It's, like, one of the most, like, awful, uncomfortable things you could see in a movie, <laughs> is that, like, exchange. But, I gotta say, gotta give credit where credit is due. Kevin Brana is just, like, leaning into the, the words so hard, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he is making sure you do not miss that he is being racist. <laughs> <laughs> and also is, like, gleefully being racist.
1: Is it odd that I think he could play a fantastic villain, but he actually hasn't been a fantastic villain in any of his villain roles?
0: Yeah, I can't think of too many.
1: Except maybe Tenet.
0: Tenet. Oh, you like, know what? He was fantastic in Tenet. Yeah. Uh, but he's straight yeah. up like, the a, one
1: that finally got him.
0: He's playing a Bond villain in that movie, though. Like...
1: Oh, yeah, totally, totally. But then, like, because I'm thinking about this, and it's like, no, it's, it's really bad, but that's why I like watching it. And then something mm-hmm. like Jack Ryan, where he's just, like, generic Russian bad guy. Yeah. and Like, wh- I don't get him. I, I don't get him. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. Or, like, just an artist in general. I like Kenneth Branagh more often than I don't. He's an
0: interesting artist. Excuse me. He's an interesting yeah. actor and
1: director. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, he
0: brought Shakespeare back, and that's how he made his career, which no one could do today. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, you're not you're not making your career off of Shakespeare films, and like he did Hamlet, like just like a few years before this, and <laughs> it's like now he's just slumming it. As like he seems like he's having fun though. Like
1: yeah, yeah,
0: he's the one part I buy.
1: Check out Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus
0: absolutely not
1: no it's it's oof <laughs> oof. yeah i don't think you could pay me to watch that no no there's nothing of, of note there don't worry
0: all right uh loveless has a huge preoccupation with his missing dick um because we we find out in a scene later that uh Salma hayek is being kept in like a sex dungeon
1: <laughs> yeah that was a weird thing with- to throw in here
0: with all sorts of sex contraptions that are clearly to be used by loveless, um, which is uh, it's in the movie. <laughs>
1: and it's also, Will Smith sees on. this
0: woman. Will Smith sees her being locked in the sex dungeon and then just leaves because he's a hardened badass.
1: Well, that's what heroes do.
0: That's what you want to see out of Will Smith.
1: No, oh, it's it's it is it is not good. Uh, but Kevin Klein rescues her.
0: Kevin Klein does after he frames uh Will Smith and almost has him lynched.
1: <laughs> no, no, but he he gave him a rubber rope. To, a, a rubber noose to be hung by. Yeah, but if, so if they wouldn't... had fucked
0: up the timing a little bit, the rubber noose would have happened, and then those those racists would have been like, that's weird, and then they would have just shot him. <laughs> or found another rope. It's not hard to find a rope. Uh,
1: In the old west.
0: Yeah. And well it's just So strange. We gotta mention that Bai Ling. This is like the only moment she's in. Um, Bai Ling. Oh yeah, so bizarre. (laughs) Is a is a very strange actress. They do a close up of her ass, which is also just uncomfortable. Like it's not sexy. Um, and all the it turns out all the paintings are real people with guns. Um, and that's like
1: like kind of like a. That could be, like, a neat idea for a set piece, like a showdown, but, like, it comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, I will say what makes it kind of fun is that, like, the one guy, like, the painting behind him moves, and then you're like, oh, shit, they're all real people, it's a real person, and then Will Smith shoots him, and then shoots at all the other paintings, and then you see all the dead bodies laying around, and then you're like, oh, shit, they were all people, and then one body falls from the ceiling
1: i was gonna say yeah
0: (laughs) but i mean it's also extra
1: mean-spirited because like when he dodges the one shot that's when uh uh, gets shot and killed
0: there's a lot of women getting murdered in this and the only person that shows any sympathy about it is kenneth brana who's upset when um, munitia falls off the giant mechanical spider Um, I guess now is the time we have to talk about the comedy lynching scene.
1: We don't have to.
0: I think this is my, the first time I wrote down possibly worst scene in movie.
1: <laughs> the, just the first time.
0: Yeah. It does have the worst line. Who let this happen? I don't think this is the forum to relitigate the history of lynching in the American South. But it was something that happened long after the Civil War into an era where people are alive today, and it was still an issue. Arguably, there is still remnants of it happening now. And this is a scene that's like a comedy jokey scene. Like, this was stuff that was committed by a terrorist organization. Will Smith is, like, making jokes. And, oh, the reason they're lynching him is because he tapped the white woman on the boobs because he thought it was Artemis Gordon. Um... And she's upset about this and he starts and alright this is there's one good joke in this scene there's one bit of this long scene that made me laugh and the first part of it isn't good cause Will Smith says now in my native land which like the moment that is said you're like oh no <laughs> yeah but then some guy in the audience goes Georgia that one bit made me laugh. And instead, he says that no, uh, as a black man, his ancestors in Africa used to communicate with drums. And that's what he was doing when he was banging on the white woman's boobs. And he makes jokes. It's like, oh, she's got such big boobs, we could have reached Galveston.
1: <laughs> that this was anyone's follow up to Men in Black. Yes. Like.
0: How Will Smith recovered from this is that kind of incredible. Yes. <laughs> um, but, like, the crowd. I mean,
1: he arguably didn't, apart yeah. from, like, Ali.
0: <laughs> well, the crowd starts agreeing with him, which is what's weirder. The crowd is like, yeah, you know what? He's right. You could communicate with Galveston with that lady's boobs. They are, in fact, big. <laughs> and it's like, these people are going to lynch him this would not be the vibe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the real problem with this. Like the race stuff in this just taps into something too real and visceral and scary that it, it doesn't work with the tone of a Barry Sonnenfeld film.
0: And this is coming back to me just now, but I was, I remember I was reading an interview with Mel Brooks about blazing saddles, right? Mm -hmm. And he, they were talking about, I was like, well, did you ever think you went too far? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, He's like, no, I don't think so. He's like, we had an idea, and we like, I realized we couldn't do it. He's like, I drew the line that we couldn't show a scene where a black person got lynched. He was like, I, th- for me, that was crossing a line. It's like there's no comedy in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Fucking twenty years, thirty years later, <laughs> <laughs> where Mel Brooks walked Barry until he thought he could run and, <laughs> and put this scene in a movie. Um... He tries to break down the word redneck, which is just awkward. Then we get the worst line of the movie, which is, uh, Will Smith says to this audience of white people, uh, between between us, the whole slavery thing, I don't understand what the big deal was. (sighs) Which is like a criminal
1: line. (laughs) That people weren't prosecuted. Like, this movie wasn't like, Charged with a hate crime, yeah, is uh, kind of unbelievable. I think
0: because it just bombed, everyone was like, "Let's just forget about it,
1: (laughs) 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 forget about it, move on." Yeah,
0: move on. Didn't happen. You didn't say it. We didn't hear it. Everyone was clearly embarrassed by this movie. Um, It now not to be outdone, um, there is another line where uh, Will Smith after that says like he tries to like say like I love you to the woman again, to, like, buy him some time, and, uh, also, he starts, like, apologizing to these people, which is so strange, it's, like, he's like, look, I'm a man, I know I've done wrong here, and it's like, dude, fucking, like, all right, you hit a woman on the boobs, that's not right, but it doesn't warrant any of this, (laughs) and it's, then he's like, would it help at all if I, if I said I thought you were a man? and then out of shock she faints. Um Don't worry kids the rope was elastic.
1: I hated that. Yeah. I I hated that entire section. I so, mean th- this isn't a good movie but like that part in particular was was like upsetting. There's something it was funny so about bad.
0: that rope. The one thing uh Will Smith over her when he's in the office with all the painting people, he overheard that bloodbath McGrath is uh, going to be receiving weapons from Loveless at a certain location, right? Mm-hmm. He tries to pull a Big Lebowski where he, like, he scribbles on the notepad. <laughs> I'm sure that's from something before that, but I always think of Jackie Treehorn and <laughs> <in> the <laughs> Big Lebowski. Um, all right. We just came off of what's possibly the worst scene in the movie. Um, now we got to get into a scene that is just like, troubling in a more subtle way (laughs) which is uh mcgrath is betrayed and uh loveless kills all his men right Mm -hmm. and is very like cold about it and then he's like i gave up my half my body for the cause and you guys surrendered so fuck you and we're like it we're supposed to feel somewhat sympathetic for the southerners in this scene yeah, you know? like it. It's like a weirdly subtle lost cause moment, like where they're trying to be like, "Look, this technology is replacing these men who just wanted to fight for their country." And it's just like, what the fuck?
1: It, it's a weird, weird thing to throw in there. Mm. Um, I, I was pretty off put by the back half of this movie until the spider showed up and yeah. even then it's only because it's a giant robot spider
0: <laughs> well the next stretch of it is just fucking boring like it's just so fucking boring yeah.
1: yeah like there, there's the bit where you do get to see the payoff about like oh the the magnets and the blades they now they have to survive it too yeah. now that you see what it is and and um Doctor Arliss Loveless also has another joke about his penis. Oh, he's got a robot penis. Mm-hmm.
0: Devise something for the lower half of my body that is hard, pumping, and
1: indefatigably steely. This is written by men, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, after that, like even that chase scene isn't like that exciting. Yeah, it's, um, it's two minutes. And when when they. When they finally do outmaneuver, like, the magnet blades, which I don't know how they work, but whatever. It's not real. I could um, work get, with that if you the movie was good.
0: One, there's another funny line in that moment, which there's so few I think I wrote all of them down. I think there's maybe four. <laughs> um, the funny line is Will Smith goes like, Gordon, how long does it take a magnet to lose its power? And he goes like, about 400 years. Damn! like like, that's fun that's will smith like yeah that's funny um so
1: i mean that's that's what makes will smith's bad movies so much more disappointing is that he's will smith for a reason yeah you know people like him
0: every one of the bad movies you get that glimpse of the other will smith that people like (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like here it's just like what the fuck dude we did skip i'm not shocked we skipped it um but we did skip the uh train chasing sequence
1: oh yeah yeah
0: um which uh i will say the one moment i kind of liked was that uh i like how Lovelace's train like ri- rises up and like comes down behind them you know like that's the trick mm-hmm. and then it walsh, like am i missing something here <laughs> like that's kind of one of the fun moments of it and also it's this weird thing of like guess what's a word that I don't think Kenneth Branagh ever says in this movie
1: train
0: no spider I think he huh. says spider canyon once but he, do- he never says anything about spiders yet his flag has a spider on it, the discs he shoots at people have spiders on it, the train has a spider on it. You could see like this thing where it's like, oh, I'm trapping them in this web of my own creation or something, you know? Mm -hmm. You you expect him to have some monologue where it's like, dude, why the fuck do you like spiders so much? (laughs) (laughs) And as a guy who's like, I'm an inventor, I'm an engineer, it's like, spiders are the original engineers. They construct webs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you feel like that's a moment that was, was in a, a, a script at a certain point.
1: <laughs> and then they just cut it, because that would have been too goofy. Well,
0: because they realized this movie's not about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, the slow thing coming down, I'm like, oh, it's like a spider descending, you know? And then it's like, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Every decision in this film is just like infuriating me now. Yeah.
0: Also, they abandon Salma Hayek, and then in the next she- scene she's back. Where else do we go? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, we have the slow-moving train chase. They get it's dumb. That whole scene is dumb. It's a lot like the action scene in Speed, where he goes under the bus. not what
1: i thought about but yeah
0: yeah and like it's better in speed probably because it was a bus and not a fucking train (laughs) (laughs) and he uses the bungee cord rope again which i guess is that's kind of neat to use a device again you know Mm -hmm. like i guess that's kind of fun um was
1: it the same one because i thought they left that
0: uh oh what the fuck i don't know right maybe he's got multiple ones who knows what the fuck is doing? If need. I was
1: Will Smith's character, then I'd be like, why the fuck do you have all
0: these? <laughs> why do you have so many <laughs> nooses?
1: Yeah. What the fuck's your problem,
0: dude? I mean, Artemis Gordon's got a man's head in the back room. It's like, <laughs> he's up to some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Is he, he kills a Native American man. Uh, oh yeah, because they're also yeah. villains in this movie. Although there, there seems to have been a considerable effort to cut them out of the movie as much as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. You like, know what? Like I'm going to say probably have... for the best here, just to yeah. just because the rest of this is such like a disaster in terms of like like racial equity. <laughs> um, maybe I just guess one of the get stories everyone else about out. This
0: movie is that the original test screening of it was so disastrous it became a news story. Like, it was one that was, like, picked up in, like, variety how bad the test screening went. And it, they wow. did all these reshoots, and uh, Barry Sonnenfelds gave some quote where he was like, people thought they were seeing The Matrix. They didn't realize it was a comedy. So they had to add more comedy so people would get that it was a wait, comedy. Wait, wait, wait.
1: Okay, no. I, I do know about this, too. You have to elaborate because... That wasn't just Barry Sonnenfeld saying, oh, they thought they were going to see a movie like this. No, no, no. The test screening to draw on more testers was labeled for The Matrix. It was literally tricking people into thinking oh, they were Oh, they literally the lied? Yes. Oh, man.
0: I I would have started a riot. <laughs> yeah. like, no, like, I, I think would 20%
1: have of the cards they got back were like, this wasn't The Matrix. and like that's it (laughs) who thought that was a good idea I don't know but Barry Sonnenfeld like that thing you're describing he goes on like this tirade against like oh the people thought this thing whatever it's because they literally thought that and he was trying to like he was trying to make the the, the studio more comfortable because he said that he used the test screenings to like kind of guide his comedy and maybe that's what changed after this film is that he couldn't use test screenings the same way, because test screenings became so, such a part of like the public process of making blockbusters. Now, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I guess
0: that makes sense. Where it's like, you want to see what jokes people laugh at, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally understand where he's coming from, except for the part where they lied about showing people the yeah. Matrix.
0: <laughs> and also, the the funny thing about that is, Matrix is the movie that Will Smith famously turned down to mm-hmm. do wild wild west so you know if if will smith had had the one-two punch of men in black and then the matrix like he'd have his own planet right now like, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah he, he would be like the number one star ever mm-hmm.
0: yeah it would it would have like everyone would be like there's not Marvel movies. There are Will Smith movies, yeah. and he's making like five a year, and we're all sick of him. But it's like he he did that because after you do Men in Black and The Matrix, it's like you're no you you've just won Hollywood. Yeah. Man. Although wow. I think we won. I think Keanu ended up being a better choice. So.
1: Yeah, I think Will Smith is missing out on those for a reason. I I, I couldn't tell you why, yeah. but you know he also missed out on Django. Um, yeah, well, that's the famous just... where
0: he's like, "I wanted it to be a love story," wasn't that his comment? And I remember, like, I want to the... kill. He, he wa- I want to kill the bad guy. Like mm-hmm. he wanted he wanted to be the one that shot Calvin Candy.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: I mean, you know, I don't know. Jamie Foxx is actually pretty good in that movie.
1: Jamie Foxx is Fox a fantastic is like, actor. Uh, he can be hit I, I think,
0: or miss for me, but uh, when he shows no, up he, to do his job, he's fantastic. No, like,
1: he he can be miss. I I also remember yeah. the Amazing Spider-Man too, but like it really does come down to the director. <laughs> but he, I think he's a great like he he can do a great performance like nobody's business. I yeah. I, I think I, I think he's still gonna blow us away for like at least another decade. Whereas Will yeah, Smith, I'm like come on, do something. I, I want you to have, yeah. like, that next hit that's not a bad voice for me. I want something that can win over everyone again, you know? Um,
0: so the discs almost cut their heads off, they jump into a ravine, and then they, they, they yell at each other. Is they, that poop? It's mud. It's like...
1: Okay. I guess. I don't fucking know. At this point, I'm just... i just... They, they play it like, oh, it's extra gross. Like, mud's not, like, something I want on me. Yeah. But the way they play it is like, oh, you just jumped into, like, shit.
0: If the, if the options were jump into a pile of mud or get my head cut off, I would happily jump into a pile of mud, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, like, it's, I mean, I'm going to chalk this up to Barry Sonnenfeld's direction, too. But, like, the performances in this are just very odd. Yeah. Like, I- apart from Kenneth Branagh, who you have been, like, like yucking about all this time, mm-hmm. like it's very odd. The human interactions do not feel like human interactions. They feel like note cards. Yeah.
0: Well, there doesn't really seem to be any chemistry between anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and then Will Smith looks like he's trying not to be funny. You know, like mm-hmm. it 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 feels like he doesn't have that many funny lines. And if it is a funny line, it's about him, like, asserting his dominance in
1: some way. Or, like, demeaning someone else. Yeah. yeah
0: it's, like, at the expense of another person. Like a handicapped person. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you, look. You gotta be a fucked up person to have that many handicapped jokes just ready to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, there's one thing to be quick-witted, and then there's that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to the point where, like, in their final confrontation, not to jump ahead, they're still doing those jokes at
1: each other. I feel like we could jump ahead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is like, they get into a fight, uh, the magnet, there's some magnet shenanigans. I like them running in opposite directions, and then getting yanked back. I thought that was somewhat funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a wide shot. Like, you know...
1: It's like the like one the wide cameras... shot in this film.
0: Yeah, and wide shots are funny, you know. <laughs> mm.
1: No, no, that's true. They they, just, they 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 do make things funnier.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they crash into each other and then roll down a hill. Like that's kind of funny. He he gets uh he's at his dick level and then that's
1: a joke. Well, cuz his head his his neck magnet gets stuck to his belt buckle and so it looks like mm. it's he's next to his penis. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Cuz of uh that's funny cuz of uh the gay
0: and it's weird, like, male self-hatred, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like fucking men are
1: fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That makes Loveless more, like, accepting, because it's like, at least he, he's got his own thing going, you know?
0: He's got a like, sex dungeon, but he seems to be okay with the fact that he has a sex dungeon.
1: Yeah, he he's okay with who he is. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm grasping at straws still- here. <laughs>
0: Also, it's weird. He's not, like... I'm confused.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> he's, know. He's, like,
0: racist. But, like, the racism doesn't really seem to be motivating him.
1: hmm
0: Like, he's more just pissed that he got blown in half. <laughs> like, it's, it's not part of his plan to, like, re-enslave all the black people, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, he's giving the South to Mexico but
1: yeah which is odd for a confederate yeah like i mean hey that makes me as a mexican happy but like i don't (laughs) buy it in the film
0: do you guys really want florida
1: (laughs) no 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 we wouldn't have gotten florida in this
0: and no in this he says that you get the fountain of youth like florida
1: that's spain Spain. Gets oh, that. Spain, Mexico...
0: Spain. I'm sorry. That's yeah. that's that's some racism on my part. I apologize. <laughs> I, I, I equated Spain and Mexico. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. let you stew on that for a while. Okay. Um. That was no. So... Mexico was gonna get Texas to California, which you know what? That's a pretty good deal. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. If someone wanted to make that bet in real life, I think mm-hmm. most of us would take it. Yeah. Him, just tossing that out there. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the, looking at how we're driving this country into the ga- ground, we might just start giving states away. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be like, D.C.'s a state. Now, who can we sell it to? <laughs> 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 to
0: the highest bidder. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I, uh, the, w- I guess the one clever thing is that with the magnet, they find the secret railroad.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how they track him down to, uh...
0: The spider canyon with the giant 80-foot tarantula. Which the reason we're doing this episode is because when we were watching Korra and the giant robot appeared, it reminded me of the shot of the giant spider appearing.
1: (laughs) It's handled better in Korra.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not to shock anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Goddamn, Legend of Korra has, like, a lot of pitfalls in terms of its politics, but it seemed to get racism a little better.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It also seems to understand that some stuff is complex, and here it's just like, you know, we'll just, we'll laugh about it.
0: The things are driven by institutions and not a crazy guy in a mechanical wheelchair (laughs) with a giant spider. (laughs) And when we get to the promontory point scene, we're an hour and ten minutes into the movie. And there's basically 20 minutes left. So everything we're about to describe happens in the last 20 minutes. Promontory point. That's a little fun with the, the nail popping out a little. It's kind of just ripping off Jurassic Park. Yeah. But if you're going to steal from something, I guess steal from Jurassic Park.
1: I mean, for like two decades, everything stole from Jurassic Park. You know? Yeah.
0: Colin Trevorrow stole from Jurassic Park. <laughs> The only guy who could have made this movie worse was Colin Trevorrow.
1: No, I I think it's about the same. No,
0: because he'd he'd play it so fucking straight. They'd be like, see the mechanical spider, you wouldn't expect that. (laughs) And then a Uh, woman would get inexplicably crushed by it. (laughs) No, no, but see, that's
1: aversive, because you wouldn't expect to see a woman get killed.
0: See, you would expect Salma Hayek's character to be worthless. Instead, she's violently killed. <laughs> That's the Colin Trevorrow version.
1: Also, oh. Kevin Klein is played by Chris Pratt.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> As an, uh, he, could, he could do, like, a Jim West type if Jim West is white, you know? It would be bad. Remember that Magnificent Seven remake with Chris Pratt? Oh yeah, and he does magic to like distract the guys, and then he shoots them.
1: Yeah, but at least he dies in that. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's a bad movie. It's not good, and I'm, I'm I was pretty excited for another magnificent step. You know who's great in that movie? Uh, Denzel Washington, because yeah, he's but great he's in everything.
0: He's always great. You know who's great? Who sometimes maybe slips?
1: Vincent oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio as like a yes. Wild man.
0: Who has maybe yes! the funniest entrance of any film character, <laughs> where, like, an axe comes flying from off-camera <laughs> and hits a guy, and then he, like, trudges into the scene. Yeah,
1: he's pretty great. He's good um, in it.
0: That's a bad movie, but he's good in it. Another movie where, uh, again, that movie kind of did it better, where Denzel Washington is, like, the lead, and he just he's just the lead, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like they realized they didn't really have room to... They like, cover racism in the movie. <laughs> so they wisely just went like we're not gonna touch that that third rail. <laughs> Everyone would. Um the United Divided Also Loveless has like a chorus like singing Loveless. It's like Loveless, Loveless.
1: <laughs> oh my god, you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Um, the thief and the cobbler.
0: Oh yeah, with the zigzag.
1: Zigzag, yeah, the, the Zigzag, most upsetting the cartoon villain here. in the history of cartoons. Yeah, that's a strange film. Very, very strange. I'm kind of glad it was never completed. Now, whoa, because <laughs> it's only because it was so like upsetting.
0: <laughs> I guess, but like, I that's what cartoons. No, are... that
1: that that's me like being like farcical. Yeah, that's that's not real. It's just that character is is, is upsetting. <laughs> he gets eaten to death by
0: crocodiles which is pretty great, yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's not like a like a cartoon where like a crocodile just like like swallows him whole like they slowly bite him to death.
1: Mhm.
0: It's weird. <laughs> Strange film. We should have watched mm-hmm. that instead of this shit. Um,
1: no, that's okay. All right, so when he's it... going
0: around saying how he's going to divide up the United States, he's like 13 colonies go back to England. Um Minus Manhattan, we don't really say who Manhattan's going to. We don't get a rea- we get a reaction shot from all the different groups, except the Native American group that we just assume is there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like that
0: feels like where some editing was done.
1: Yeah, where they're like, "This is crossing a line." He does this make, part. A,
0: he does make a kind of racist joke <laughs> at the Indians. I don't remember what did you say. Well, he's like, he's going, he's like roasting all the people that like America has stolen land from. Where mm. it was like, like most expensive cup of tea in history to the British. And the British guy does not seem amused, which actually kind of makes it funny. Yeah. But then he was like, Manhattan for a bag of beads, how? Like, he does like the Indian how. <sighs> That's right. Yeah. Oh. It's this thing where it's like, I love this character if he wasn't racist. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's having so much fun, it's just awful, he's a terrible racist. Like, ugh. And it's weird that he's, He should like... just
1: play that character in every other film now, but without mm-hmm. the racism. Yeah, fuck it. Just have him talk like that.
0: He's... He, you know what? Do the next, uh... They gotta cut Army Hammer out of Murder, uh, Death on the Nile. So, cut him out, and then have Kenneth Prana both play Perot and, uh... And then put Artemis Lovelace in there, so it's like a dual <laughs> role thing. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Mr. Frenchie? You know, he's... <laughs> And shit out of him. He's all Southern. It's like, it's just fun. Like, he's got like, he's got like, you know, the women that just follow him around for some reason and they're all dressed in like spider gowns. <laughs> like, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The movie just sucks. Um, Okay. Um, Oh, Will Smith, Uh, G- Gordon got kidnapped when he disguised himself as Grant. And you're like, oh, that's an interesting payoff. But then they like, just kidnap both of them. Um, so it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Will Smith, we think he got shot in the chest, but it turns out he was wearing, um, the, uh, the bulletproof vest, which I think is a callback to a scene when Will Smith woke up and he suddenly had a knife in his boot and he's like, Gordon, what's this? He's like, Oh, I took the liberty of adding that. And he, he whispers to himself and like, and a few other things, Mm-hmm-hmm. but like, I, I couldn't tell if, like Will Smith put it on or if, if, Kevin Klein like added it to the suit later, you know?
1: Yeah. And you know what? Either way, I could roll with that because if Will Smith's character put it on, it's like, oh, it's showing that he trusts him now. And mm-hmm. if Kevin Klein's character did it, it's like, oh, he is looking out for him. Yeah. That's at least something. You he know? Does,
0: before this, he's still kind of resentful of Artemis where he's just like, we're not doing any fancy plans. We're just going in. And look how well that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the scene where it's supposed to show that Smith finally trusts Gordon and his gadgets is arguably the worst scene in the movie which they're about to shoot Kevin Klein in the face which is another funny moment where he's like shoot me in the heart where I love this country so much and then Kevin Klein's just like shoot I mean Bronagh's like shoot him in the head <laughs> like that's funny yeah and, Uh. All right, Will Smith shows up in a dress, disguised as a woman, and does like a yeah. Baby I was dance. wondering how you were going to tee this up. I, I, there's <laughs> no way to like go into it easy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's just talk about this. <laughs> uh, like music starts playing, and that's how everyone's like, where Where does this music come from? Is this music diegetic? Is it non-diegetic? <laughs> um, it's Brana seems distracted, and He's like, oh, ho, ho, a new girl. Weren't you in the middle of something? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I was one of the foreign dignitaries, I'd be like, can't we do this a little later? (laughs) (laughs) What is everyone sitting there thinking? Pain. Yeah, and it just keeps, like, why does he think this is legit? Also, I, he's I just don't racist. have an answer. <laughs> he's racist, and at, at most it's a it's a, a a non-white woman dancing in front of him. It's a person of color,
1: but he's okay Yeah, so with... he wouldn't even be, like, accepting of that.
0: Yeah, wouldn't he be upset? I mean, there is that thing where, like, racists are, like, so- secretly kind of attracted to, like, people of other color, but they don't know how to express it. But it's like, that's not what this movie's
1: going for. <laughs>
0: I mean, I can't even comment. It's just so terrible, and it goes on forever.
1: It's, like, a five-minute scene. And
0: he's, like, slapping his ass, and, like, he's, like, like, Brana almost sells it. (laughs) I will say that, where he's, like, weirdly (laughs) He's trying. (laughs) Because, like, he's, like, wrapping, like, clothing around him, and he's, like, oh, and then she, like, slaps him, and he's, like, Yeah, There's
1: always that fucking, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's always that thing in one of these movies or shows when they're, like, an undercover, like, woman or something like that. And they'll slap the villain and like, oh, like they're into it. Oh, and that, yeah. That, that helps them keep the cover. And it's like, that's a weird thing this that is, just keeps popping up.
0: Yeah, it's it's strange. It is so odd. And it's like, is this supposed to be funny?
1: <laughs> I think it is.
0: Is this supposed to be suspenseful? Because also it's like he, he stands around Gordon and secretly passes him a key. Where it's like, who fucking wouldn't pick up on this? Like, ugh.
1: Yeah, and then why would Loveless have the key in that specific spot on his chair? Yeah. You know? Yeah, why like bring it... it
0: with you? You're gonna shoot him. <laughs> um. And then his breasts explode.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and then they start shooting fire.
0: Which it's like, alright, so this is the moment. Him wearing that dress is like this weird moment of him being like, alright, Gordon, I see what you were trying to do. <laughs> And so he, like, puts on one of Gordon's wacky costumes. But then the breasts explode, so, like, the gadgets don't work. And of all the things that, like, could have been done here, um, they still managed to kidnap the president. <laughs> oh, and I do like the, uh, he rolls the, like, we, we established that the 8-ball uh, is, like, a sleeping potion, right? Like, and so, I mean, we established that, like, the billiard balls, but he grabs the 8-ball, which is actually an explosive... And he rolls it, and unfortunately, uh, the way that scene is framed, it looks like he rolled it towards all the captured scientists. Like, I think the implication is that he rolled it at the, uh, the people working for Lovelace, but it's a very oddly framed scene. Salma Hayek exits the film at this point, basically, which is fine.
1: <laughs> Apologies to Salma Hayek. Yeah, it's for like I want to stress, it's not
0: her. She is talented. I think she's using like the clout of this movie to get uh, that Freedom movie made.
1: You know, oh like, yeah, the one yeah. She's trying
0: to get made for years, she gets an Academy Award nomination for it, mm-hmm. and she might have won if it wasn't for that pig Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, uh, it's just the character is very poorly written. Um, so that's when. Will Smith is like Gordon. I gotta trust you and your gadgets. Let's build that flying machine, because <laughs> we saw a wasp attack a, a, a tarantula in the desert. Uh, they build the flying machine, and I will say Emmett Walsh gets one good moment. Emmett uh, Walsh reveals that he's actually like working for the president. Like he was like, "I'm not a train conductor. I've been working for the president." He thought he could u- you guys could use some looking after, and he's like, "I have these explosives for you." And he's like, "But I draw the line at defying the laws of gravity. Good luck." <laughs> Loveless with the mechanical spider burns a town down. Yeah,
1: they don't stop that is weird.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they don't get there in
1: time. Like, no, I know, but like, wouldn't that be like the conflict? Like, oh, I'm going to go show my might. This is what I'm going to do to the rest of the country. And it's like, oh, no, we have to stop him. Yeah. And no, it's it's
0: not. <laughs> I guess they're like, this. we need some spider action, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, you
1: can still do the spider this action. This was the stuff like...
0: that was in the trailer. Good like, Lord. Like, this is the state. They just showed the spider a lot. Um, And again, it's so weird because it's like the last like thirty minutes of the movie are all spider, like. But they fly, they drop some explosives, which don't. I correct me, do they do anything?
1: No, no, it's just like it's almost like a distraction. But they're trying to hurt the spider. It feels like it doesn't do anything.
0: If like you don't want to be like this is what destroys the spider. Also, aren't they going to kill the president if they blow this thing up anyway? um, (laughs) It feels like a good thing that maybe have happened is like all right, this is what it stops the propulsion of the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, now it can't move. But, like, if Loveless fixes it, then it's it, it's back to square one, so now we have to stop him. Like, you feel like you could have done something there, but then they wanted the suspense of the giant spider walking towards a cliff. Later, you know? Um, they kill the one woman, they fly the flying machine into her, and she falls to her death. Um, and the only... Uh, Sympathy expressed towards a woman dying in this film comes from Kenneth Branagh. Alright, he, he tries to get them to swear allegiance to him. <laughs> I'll be honest, I have no idea what the fuck happens in the next scene. Like, I don't know what's supposed to be going on. He drops into... Will Smith drops into the bottom of the mechanical spider and, like, these dudes just come out and he fights them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they keep coming out of the... I, I guess Loveless just had these henchmen laying around?
0: I... For one, it was like, I... I, from what I understand, these scenes were part of what was added. Like, the test audiences felt it was very anticlimactic. That he just fights Loveless in the end, and then Kenneth Brana, I mean, Ke- not Kevin Brana, he just fights, Kevin Klein just fights the women who also who fall to their deaths. It's, it's weird. Um,. Although we only, do we see both of them fall to their death? Because there's two women and we, I, I can only remember the one. I,
1: I think we only see the one, but I think it's implied that the other one does too. Yeah,
0: or they subdued her in some way. Yeah. Um, did Grant do something? I will say one funny moment if you're a fan of uh, very vague readings of history. <laughs> um, they, when, when Kenneth Branagh shows up. Also, they gave him that ridiculous hat when he drives the spider. Yeah. Um. When he shows up, he demands for the Unconditional Surrender of the United States when he's talking to Grant. And that's um, important because Ulysses S. Grant was called Unconditional Surrender Grant during the Civil War. That was his nickname. So it's like, oh, someone read a book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the one person.
0: Yeah, or they watched like Ken Burns' Civil War which is not a great resource but <laughs> um and the the only other charitable thing I could give is that if Loveless was like a more sinister villain where it's like oh he's an industrial guy he's gonna bring you know these sweatshops to the future of the United States right mm-hmm. so it's like oh these are all like these mutant men who are like the first victims of Loveless's future because they all have like body modifications or like nails sticking out of their heads, and one guy is literally a robot.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's weird.
0: Like that could you could have made a commentary about like the evils of like industry,
1: you know? Mm.
0: But this movie's not about anything.
1: <laughs> and, and then uh, Kenneth Branagh also gets spider legs.
0: Yeah, four of a kind always beats a pair.
1: <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but. Oh no, well, I guess it he, no, does because Will, Will Smith, Smith
0: says you can't beat an old fashioned pair of legs. There you go. That's right. And then he turns it and then he does like a racist song at him. <laughs> he does a slave working song as he's like stomping on him. And then it turns out uh Gordon had a gun.
1: And was that supposed to be like a like a just in case thing?
0: Well, it's weird. There's a moment where is always like, Guns are uncivilized. Kinda like Obi Wan. And uh <laughs> he's like and then he does that scene where he pulls out remember he has like the notepad that like comes out of his arms Mm -hmm. and he's and will thinks it's a gun and he's like i'm just taking a note and then it was like you know you could put a gun on that thing he's like well where would i keep my pencil and but then it's like he's surprised when the gun pops out i will say one thing i like in movies that are better (laughs) Um, uh i'd like villains like uh loveless where they're like very foppish and they're very fancy and they consider themselves like intellectuals or like of high society but then as their plans start unraveling and as like things get more intense they start getting more like sweaty and like their hair becomes disheveled and like their suit like comes undone a little bit i like that
1: yeah yeah Um, i do too
0: doesn't totally work here but hey
1: no i i didn't even notice it here because i i think the movie just washed over me by this point
0: (laughs) well he starts begging for his life but really he's just trying to get back to the wheelchair so he can fire his uh his gun that's built into it um he does give that speech where he's like i'm not an animal i am a genius i'm a visionary and now i'm angry (laughs) like which is yeah and then they're hanging off the cliff there's some more racism and uh, handicap jokes thrown back at each at the, <laughs> themselves, because we had to keep that going. And then uh, he pulls the lever, Loveless falls, and then Will Smith is saved by a guy he hung out the window earlier.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to imply. If, it's, if it has any story purpose, other than just like a payoff, but... Like... Like what does that tell us about his character's journey? You know, that,
0: like that he will literally use other people's bodies to save himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bodes well for Kevin Klein.
0: Declining action. Uh, Grant is starting the Secret Service. Their agents one and two. Which one's one and which one's two? Ha ha. Selma Hayek reveals that actually she wasn't looking for her father. It was her husband the whole time.
1: But at least they have each other.
0: And uh, yeah, and he goes, "Can I ask you a question?" And Will Smith goes, no. <laughs> and then they ride off into the sunset on the mechanical spider.
1: And that was Wild
0: Wild West. I don't know if I recommend this movie in, like, a curious way, where it's, like, it's definitely, like, a, a fossil of a movie. Like, it's a product of its time. It's a weird look into how movies used to be made. <laughs> and I honestly, like, when I joked about... You coming on and saying that you liked the movie or something like that? I was worried I was gonna get like the weird thing we've been doing lately, where like we're we're like suddenly every movie that was filmed on like an actual set, like people seem to come to defend these days, you know? Yeah, like the weird film Twitter thing of actually this movie's brilliant because you know it's not a Marvel movie. <laughs> It's, like, it's an incredibly low bar.
1: Yeah, no, no. You will not get that from me for yeah. this film. At there, all.
0: There have gotta be people that defend this movie though.
1: Probably. Like,
0: they, they gotta be out
1: there. Um, but they're wrong. So
0: Yeah. This one's bad. This one's just bad. I guess the only winner is John Peters. Because he's he was right in that the only thing that like anyone remembers or feels positive about this movie with is that giant mechanical spider.
1: Oh, God damn, you're right. (laughs) Like,
0: that's the only real thing where it's like, you gotta see that movie because it's got a giant spider in it. Like, and then, oh, then you you won't believe the backstory to it.
1: (laughs) You know what? Then God bless you, John Peters.
0: I don't know if I'll go that far. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not.
1: But, But, you know. There's no
0: way John Peters isn't like an old school sleazy Hollywood producer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, no, no.
1: In in the, the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, what happened? Um he's he got that old school producer vibe for sure yeah
0: he straight up calls kevin smith a liar <laughs> which kevin smith's a lot of things he's not but
1: i don't think smith. he lied about that yeah <laughs> we definitely recorded for at least twice the length of the actual film that's a little sad <laughs> <laughs> don't that's worry little... i will cut a lot of it <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're gonna cut a lot, but, uh, I mean, keep as much, it, it's more, I will argue our podcast is more entertaining than this film. Oh, no Low doubt bar, about it. But, um, we had some good laughs.
1: We did, that we did. Um,
0: yeah, there's no reason to watch this film. No,
1: just listen to us talk about it, and, uh, yeah. listen to the Kevin Smith joke about it, cause that's really yeah. great, honestly. It's
0: weird that we call that, like, a stand-up, when it was just, Kevin Smith was just, like, talking at colleges. Like it's not a stand up bit,
1: you know? Yeah, but it is a great joke. Yeah. Like well, he just, set it up like, like with setup and payoff.
0: No, cuz he's a great he's a very good storyteller, honestly. Yeah. Uh It's a shame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say anything.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, hey, hey, you know, maybe that that He-Man show he's doing will be pretty good
0: that's weird that he's doing that too
1: it is very weird but uh we'll see
0: i'm just worried that someone's gonna come out and be like this is for the fans unlike that she bullshit because that's what i'm scared of too and then it's like oh god i'm obligated to go to war over this Mm -hmm. it's like pearl harbor like you gotta (laughs) sign
1: up uh but on that note matt where can the people find you
0: I'm at emperorotn1 at twitter.com And I'm also streaming on Twitch I will not be streaming the Wild Wild West video
1: game <laughs> No <laughs> You can find me at the Diego Crespo Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon Where you can get early access to the rest of our mini-series we're doing Do we want to say what we're doing next or just keep it a surprise?
0: Um, well, we can say the next one, I guess Okay Leave people in anticipation
1: Which one is it again? We're doing Mystery Men next. Mystery Men, that's right. I wrote it down, I just didn't remember it this time. Yeah. Mystery Men.
0: (laughs) You know, everyone likes Mystery Men, right? (laughs) Right? Right. This is the one I am predicting here that Diego will like Mystery Men. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to say how I feel about Mystery Men. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it is one of those movies that Diego will like. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly shocked you haven't seen it. I gotta be honest. Like, I've that's, heard that's a been, lot about it. Like it really feels like a movie you watched at some point, and then we're like, "I've." It's been in the back of my brain forever. Uh, we will see. That'll be a fun one to talk about. I think. Yeah. Well, I'm looking like forward this where to Where it. it was like it got miserable at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just angry at the film. Yeah. Now we're just like, "Fuck everyone."
1: <laughs> but no, we will. We will return in more positive attitudes. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Will
0: Smith. Kevin Klein. Oh, my gosh. I love this train. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> and Salma Hayek. And it's a whole new West.